Welcome, folks, to Talking During Movies. I am honored. This is one of these rare occasions where I get to use the media badge in a world of lockdown and say, oh, that's right, special. I get to go places. And one of the places I get to go is Fourth Tap Brewing. We are here. I mean, I'm, I got goosebumps. I have goosebumps because I'm in the brewery. Y'all know how much I love beer. I got a fresh beer from the tap. You can't get closer to beer than this, and especially uh, a great Austin establishment that is Fourth Tap. Let me introduce the people that I am with, or more importantly, introduce themselves. These are the co-founders of 4th App. These are the people that wet your whistle on the weekend and sometimes on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday night when it's been a little stressful. Not like lately, but maybe another time. <laughs> Aaron, please kick us off. Ladies first. Hi, uh, my name is Aaron Stecker. Um, like Jason said, I'm one of the co-founders. I'm also the GM here at 4th App, so I, I am also, my title is the party boss, so that's what I do. That's accurate. Yeah. <laughs> That's accurate. Nice. Uh, my name is John Stecker. I am uh, also one of the co-founders here. And I, my uh, informal title is desk jockey. I spend a lot of time at a computer making sure, you know, everything's running. Uh, I also do a lot of uh, testing of the beer to make sure it tastes right, like this one right now. I know. You guys hooked it up. Now, John, what, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking our Stagel, the collaboration we recently did with Black Loomis. Nice. And you're drinking? I'm drinking our House of Torment collaboration. It's a, a light Texas pumpkin ale within a collaboration with the Haunted House here in Austin. Nice. And I'm drinking the Stagold as well. You guys are going to notice, you know, we've done a lot of Zooms throughout this pandemic. We've done a couple lives. Um, you're going to hear fans and everything else. We all know it exists. Fucking deal with it. Okay. So <laughs> I know. Email talking during movies podcast at gmail.com and tell me about. The parts of the movie that we missed that because we don't know you aaron you guys picked this movie tell us tell me first why and then john tell us how this kind of evolves into the relationship here yeah absolutely so if you didn't put two and two together with our, our last names being the same we are married um, <gasps> <laughs> <True story. laughs> together what um so this movie it's funny my movie tastes are um, mostly horror and john are not <laughs> and so um you know early in our relationship we've been together for close to 15 years and early in our relationship uh we can never really decide on a movie together because i always wanted to watch some terrible cold horror movie and he always wanted to watch avengers or some bullshit so um we <laughs> do you like how that setup came in she's like 
there's you know there's the class and there's the demeanor and the beauty and the essence of the dance of the chainsaw that comes with horror exactly. and then bullshit yeah exactly so when this movie came out in oh, 2005 maybe yeah, 2000 let's see and actually have the IMDb pulled up he's got the IMDb look I got, right. I got better professionals around me folks but I think we're about 2005 2007 right in that area 2005. 2005. Look at this. Yeah. This is how much she likes the movie. All right. I didn't even look that up. So um, when we saw this movie together, it was kind of the best of both worlds. It kind of had some spooky stuff in it and some kind of, you know, you know, Constantine came from a graphic novel, so that's right up John's alley. And we have seen this movie close to... Um, I'd say we watch it a couple times a year, every year. Yeah. It's a, yeah. It's a good, you know, Thanksgiving Christmas movie. Yeah. <laughs> Lighthearted. Lighthearted. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Halloween action as well. It's all yeah. good. Nice. Now, you guys started Fourth Tap, where the, the movie's running, folks. We're about, uh, let me see here, so you guys can queue up with us. We are two minutes in, 40 seconds in, 43, 44, 45. The Constantine has just come through, so there you have it. Um, but before we get into the movie, you know, it's one of the reasons I reached out, and I saw this crazy stat from the Brewers Guild, and I was like, oh, man. One in three breweries could be shut down. What can we do to help? And my push was go to the breweries. It's, it's not a knock on HEB or anyone else who, who carries the beer, but it's it, for me, it's the relationship side of things. It's the idea of you get to meet the people. You get to meet, you know, you guys aren't hiding somewhere. It's not Anheuser-Busch. You're like, where's Adolphus? Which one? The ninth. Oh, wow. He's over there saluting the first. He'll be back in a minute. He's got to do his prayer. He'll be back. <laughs> but you didn't. You didn't get that option. And and here in Austin, it's got such a great culture. And uh, generally speaking, owners and brewers are around and they are available. You know, um, what one? What inspired you guys to do Fourth Tap? Let's go with the name, and then just also the style of beers you're making, and then and then two. You know what? What can the people here in Austin or people visiting do to to keep this great? beer culture alive. Sure, yeah. Uh, so as far as Fourth Tap goes, this was a, a passion project from a very long time ago. I started homebrewing beer when I was at UT here in Austin, uh, and it's literally my apartment. And first beer we ever made uh, was, I just kegged it right away. Didn't I never really did any bottling. And I just called all my friends, and they all came over, and we drank the keg that night. It was a lot of fun. And that kind of set the stage for the whole thing. I mean. Um, I had always just homebrewed literally just to share with my friends. I figured out that if I brewed beer and call all my friends and said, hey, I've got a keg of beer, it's come over, they'd all show up for a party, you know? So it was, a, uh, it was already a very social thing immediately. Um, I also, you know, as a college student also was doing the math of like, well, it's, it's got higher alcohol and it's cheaper per bottle and all it's us. I can, I can get all that, that good college math. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was like, no, dad, listen, the, it's a good use somehow. this <laughs> is the reason why I'm running a house and yeah. not in the dorms. Exactly. I'm saving 33 cents a class. <laughs> oh, here. This is important. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, uh, I, so and over the weekends, like we had some friends who started get, getting involved and we were brewing kind of like every single weekend and it just sort of over a very long period of time grew into this, uh, you know, pe like friends were asking us to like bring beer to parties and then we got weddings and like we brewed all the beer for our own wedding 
And then uh, it started being like software launch parties. And then we found ourselves like, you know, during South by, they, they do the software pub crawl. Oh, yeah. The Capital Factory. And like, we're there serving our beer. And like, I remember Independence is there. And we're like, man, we're not even it's a real. Not- <laughs> so, like, statute of limitations, Google yeah. it. It wasn't legal. Word, yeah. <laughs> All, you know, market testing. So we, you know, we were doing that for a long, long time. Like just doing events and stuff was kind of like our the name of the game, and uh, that that really set the stage for finally getting you know what I call going legit, as opposed to you know it's like yeah we didn't just open a brewery we just we just went legit. That's that's kind of how it went. We, we pay our taxes now, so. Uh, yeah, it was it was, uh, it was a fun experience, and, and the name Fourth Tap, um, well, a long time ago, uh, and in a much older Austin, there were not that many breweries. And you'd go to a bar and see, you know, only like a couple breweries on tap, and they usually have like three or four taps. And so your first would be pale and a quarter, then an IPA, and then that Fourth Tap a lot of times was this seasonal beer, this kind of really exciting, interesting beer, and that's what we were all gravitating towards. So we decided to name the brewery Fourth Tap Brewing, kind of in in I, this, with, to keep this idea in mind, right? And uh, then a million breweries opened up, and now there's like one tap, and it lost all meeting. To, to the public no, whatsoever. the meeting still holds well, true. I think it's more of the philosophy around the fourth tap. It's it's our events. It's who we are. It's a little bit different than. Uh, it's not weird, but it's a little left of center. It's just like a little bit different. Well, it's also yeah. Please yeah. get it. Shy <laughs> It's a young shy. Young shy man. Before uh, you know, before he uh, <laughs> he found his. You know, he did his thing. Yeah. Um, it's it's interesting. I mean, what what I like about your story and what I'm really you know is is, is beautiful about it and also really fun is the way you started and and I mean. Everyone, you can go to the biggest marketing convention in the world. And they're like, "What's the number one way to move?" And they're like, "Word of mouth." And then, if someone was brave enough, they raised their hand to go, "How many people spend money on word of mouth?" And they're like, uh, "SEO, please. Just want to get it on Google." You know, and you guys started word of mouth, yeah. and, and started with this idea that goes far past word of mouth, and instead goes into not only a philosophy of four taps, but then in a world of even a hundred taps, right? It, it doesn't matter because some people are just tap handle hooks, right? They're like, who's the fanciest tap handle? What can we, can we just get it in there? And you have a following already. You have this fourth tap mentality, this idea of, no, I'm searching this out. I want this, I want this change, you know? And there has been a long time, there's been some ups and downs in the beer industry, right? But we were on a pretty good, upswing uh, as far as volume of, of breweries uh, you know I would say that um, sometimes you know quality suffered a little bit in the rush just to try to get it out there instead of word of mouth right and it's, it's probably a, a beautiful analogy to how to start a business in the fact that you started it with not VC money and a commercial you started it with a passion and then it moved on to friends, then it moved on to friends of friends. And then you're around, you know, Amy and the others, and you're just like, oh, there's independence and us, shit, we're doing something right. We should get paid for this. We should get paid for this. <laughs> like, we yeah. should, something should happen. So, real, uh, real quick, I do want to call out this scene that we're, we're finishing up here. Because uh, So, before I had seen this movie, I'd actually never read any of the comics, and I hadn't, uh, I hadn't seen any of the TV show hadn't come out yet or anything, so I really didn't know too much about the character. But what's great about this scene, or at least Keanu Reeves as an actor, is he really sets this whole like, 
it starts out with it's clear like he knows what he's doing. He's like, yeah, it's whatever. Like, I don't care. Like, so I'm gonna say, let's put this down. We'll come back to it. Like, it's no big deal. And then like, so it already like gets us kind of knowing he's a pro. He's an expert. It's all routine for him. And then like something changes in when he has to like after he punches the demon and he's mm-hmm. like, this isn't right. You know, and then it gets like sets the stage of like something's happening already. You know, it kind of gets it pulls us into the tension of, of what's and going on. Yeah. The gentleman here in the background who's been in every horror film, it seems like, as <laughs> is somewhat of a crazy person. You know, mm-hmm. what, and let me see uh, Amazon. This is why I like to pull these up on Amazon, right? So Pruitt Taylor Vince, let me give you your 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 love there, sir. He's great at oh, yeah. flipping the script, being your nice buddy, and then all of a sudden he's got a hammer and he's going to kill your mom. I mean, he's <laughs> but he's got that crazy look. He's got those crazy shifty eyes too. Oh yeah, he yeah. does, and he's just like, "What am I doing here?" Uh, Aaron, you know, what have um, from this from this ride of, of, of beer making, right? You know, it's it is like a ride of fight, uh, especially in Texas. Oddly enough, which it's the weirdest thing. I mean, I've launched six or seven different beer brands. And Texas is always like the one where we're like, shit, we got to go into Texas, you know, or beers in Texas are like, shit, we got to get out of Texas. Like, how do we even ship this beer out of here? What, when does the devil change here in Texas? This, this state of we're free, we're entrepreneurs, ride by your bootstraps, unless it's beer. <laughs> That's a very loaded question, especially now, just with you know the political climate and everything that we have to deal with, um, just with you know red tape with working in alcohol. Yeah. Um, you know it it's it's difficult. I mean, we the plan was never to like be a huge company or make a ton of money. That's not why we're doing this. Um, it's really just to. Our, this is going to sound so corny, but to brew, share, party, repeat. I mean, that is our tagline. It's our motto. It's our philosophy. We really just want I'm looking, to... I'm looking for the shirt with that. Oh, uh, yeah. It's up there. <laughs> there it is. But we really just want to, um, you know, a, a lot of us worked in the corporate world or software, you know, or academia. John went back to get his master's. And uh, we really just did this so that we could work with our friends, brew good beer, throw some rad parties, and, like, do it over again. Yeah. So, you know, ideally, take some vacations now and then. Yeah, <laughs> one a year, you know, nothing I mean, crazy. The truth is, like, anybody who tries, and this is something we, we learned early on before we opened, fortunately, is like anybody who tries to get into beer <laughs> just to get rich is like, dude, you're, That's this cool. is the wrong business for that. It <laughs> is the wrong. I mean, yeah. there's been some acquisition cycles, and obviously, people have, you know, paid marketing agencies to, uh, mm-hmm. to, to move forward. and. I don't sure. knock that, uh, you know, companies do it all the time. It's every industry, yeah. right? You yeah. can tell, you know, the breweries that open with that intent in mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, no no shade to them, but Carbock did that. In yeah. So they did exactly what they set out to do. And like, good for them. That's what they wanted to do. Um, but for us, we really have no intention of, of distributing outside of Texas. Like anytime soon, we don't have, um, we're not going to expand to another location probably in the next, yeah, Texas is a big state. Yeah, we've if got we a lot of space. All in Texas, so. we're we're feeling really good. So because and also you know beyond that, like just being able to supply more than Texas. Technically, again, Texas is massive. Uh, just quality concerns. Like the sure. moment the moment you ship that, like I can at least get to. You know, we distribute to Houston, San Antonio, and uh, just starting to distribute DFW. Okay, so kind of that corridor of the yeah. of the three you know three four majors right and, there. And not only can we 
get to any of those locations within a couple hour drive. We also like between all of us here, we all have like family or friends, family and friends in every one of those markets. What's that? What's that tip as far as beer goes? Like, hey, something's wrong with X, Y, and Z beer. I need you to go down to the bar and check it out, mom. And she's like, <laughs> great. How many kegs do I get for the bingo night? <laughs> it's, it, it usually comes in the form of like somebody's parents saying, or like my, my parents, I'm from Houston originally, and my parents call me and say, John, uh, we can't get your, your, your Kung Fu robot at the H-E-B. That's not how your mom sounds. It's not. Sorry, it's not a horrible impersonation of your mother, sir. And how many years have you had to impersonate her? Well, she... <laughs> Actually, that was the first impression I've ever done of my mom. I think so, yeah. yeah. It was oh, terrible, my goodness. Sorry, sorry, mom. Yeah, uh, yeah so, so we hear, you know, we hear like, it's a lot of it's usually like, hey, this is out of stock, or like, hey, we need this, or I'm not, I want that beer, can you get it to this store? And, sure. Uh, we'll get the photos sometimes from friends saying like, look, your shelf is empty, and I'm like, dang it, so I gotta send a text over to the distributor and be like, yeah, dude, like, what's up? And, Shall, good job, shelf's empty. Yeah, exactly. So, so it's, there's a, um, you know, we have we have a sense of connection to everywhere that we distribute our beer. Even though we do distribute kind of statewide, mm -hmm. a lot of between all of our crew, a lot of us being from Texas, native Texans, you know, it, it's we all have like pretty deep roots, so it's easy to stay connected to all these communities. Is it hard when you go on a vacation not to look at the breweries around there and be like, "Ooh, I want to." Oh, dude! I mean, yeah, actually, that's kind of the point of when we take vacations. Honestly, yes, we really yeah, actively do seek it love, out. Yeah, we really do love what we do and. Uh, we, revol we revolve our vacations around breweries that we go to. So essentially we load our trunk up with beer and that's kind of our currency. Obviously we pay them as well, but um, we take beer everywhere we go so that we can share our beer and, you know, hopefully try some of theirs. And we, we like to go to breweries wherever we go. Oh, see that's, I mean, I just went to Nashville and I had my daughter with me mm -hmm. and we were walking through downtown Nashville and I see this brewery. It's, um, Machinery Brewing, they made an IPA and then they also have a distillery, they make a vodka. They had a really good musician in there. My daughter loves music. I got tinnitus of the ears and I was like, well, my ears are going to ring all night anyway, so I might as well you know, have a couple of pops. <laughs> yeah. And the beers were okay, but the music, the environment, the bartender, like everything was really nice. And my wife's like, oh, did you, you know, did you get some more and you bring it back? And I said, nah, it's flying with beers, just a pain in the ass. And, pressure changes and temperature changes like that so radically, it messes up beer. So it's not gonna be the same thing that I tried in the tap room. And, you know, we, but we'll cruise around and see things and she's like, oh, well, Jason's gotta see if there's a brewery, hold on. You know, or we do, we do road trips and I'm stopping at stores. And this is my big beef, you know, outside of like a blue grocers and other stuff. This is my big push with 7-Elevens and other ones. Like, hey, you guys, figure out how to support local a little bit better. Cause I go to these, Conicos and my, my daughter and I do road trips with the wife flies and we're on we're not on f highways I'm on a two-lane road going through you know southern Florida and they're like oh we don't carry that beer here you got to go to this liquor store and I'm like damn it you guys don't want us to well shit why do I want to get gas here then yeah brewery's right around the corner brewery's like yeah it's, it's six blocks away like and like oh well the scheme from you know this to that I'm like Man, you gotta sometimes throw the schematic right out the fucking window and just support local a little bit better. I get that you can't do maybe local brats because you've got to have that hot dog sit on that rotisserie grill for three or four days because you're open 24 hours. But the beer section, stop. All right, Corona's no offense. Corona's nothing magical. I got a golf with the grandson of the guy who created it. He was very nice. <laughs> I gave him shit because he didn't have Coronas out there. And the next hole, there was a golf cart. 
with a with a um, one of those red wagons and it was filled with ice and Coronas. He goes, is that better? I'm like, well, now I'm going to get drunk and we're going to lose this thing. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> is there any other way to play golf? Is no. That, I don't know. I don't know of one either. <laughs> I don't know of one either. It is, uh, no, it's it's just, it is about that supporting local and about yeah. embracing. And, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to say. It's hard to, you know, shift those patterns sometimes, those buying patterns. But, um, you know, you... I mean, I see your guys' stuff. Kung Fu Robots in my fridge just oh, is. Yeah. It has to be. I mean, I have, you know, I, <clears throat> there's a couple beers that I like in Austin, and then there's a couple that have supported um, random ventures. Like we did this, uh, I'd say, uh, we did Oktoberfest for six years in a row, right? And it was Austin Beer Works and Circle and Independence have all given us kegs for different times of the different years. Free beer, and then Boulevard Sports Bar and Grill, which is far west, not too far from here. Oh, yeah, no, I've been there. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Spot. My buddy Jay owns it. That's a so total, like, that's a that's great, a like, little neighborhood. Joint. Little, just perfect. Yeah. It's just right there. And Jay owns it, and he'd provide the food. So I'd cook, buddy trade bartend, buddy Ryan would make pretzels, and it was free booze, free beer. You get it all for free. Just bring a cash donation for the food bank. That's all we ask for. Yeah. Obviously, this year, uh, with COVID and everything happening, you can't have a couple hundred people in three different front lawns drinking and eating. And the drive-through thing really doesn't work at the drinking and driving, which we're obviously against. So we didn't do it. But, I mean, the last year we raised money for 9,000 meals. And that's not an applaud on us. That's an applaud on the support of local businesses allowing us to raise money for something that, quite honestly, you know, we wouldn't have that opportunity to do prior. Yeah. You know, and so it's... You look at those things and you go, man, that's why you support local. That's why you shop local. That's why you have that six-pack of Kung Fu IPA right in the beer fridge outside. I mean, we decimated my poor beer yeah. fridge the other night. It's just <laughs> I, And there's something I want to talk yeah, about, please. but also real quick on this. Another, another thing I like about this movie, it's yeah, because like this character here, one of the things I think this movie does really well is like none of, none of the characters seem really bland. Like the, every single character comes on screen, even if they're only there for a minute, you're just like, wait, I want to know a lot more about this person. It's like a cartoon character. I mean, I mean, but not in a bad way, yeah, not in yeah. a cartoonish way, but in a graphic novel way. Yes, and it, it like it leaves me wanting to know, like, wait, wait, who is this guy who like deals in weird occult things? Like, how did he get that dragon's breath? That's weird, you know. And then <laughs> it only shows up, I think, in like one more scene for a minute, and then he, you know, he's a pretty minor character. But even for a minor character, there's so much, there's so much like in there already. I think we're about to see Tilda and then, but it also you know what this movie does and I'll tie it back to beer making is it doesn't forget the little things right so to make great yeah. beer you can't forget the little things right you, you can't I mean where you get your hops where you get your barley yeah. what do you do with your water how cold is your tap room everything the, the little nuances that the, the little additions you know whether you're making a, a seasonal beer and, and how you're doing it those tiny things mm -hmm that go from an IPA to a seasonal beer that really brings in, you know, whether it's fall or winter, you can't forget it yeah. or you're just another name on the shelf. I mean, my, all beer cans might as well be white at that point. No, it's, I mean, it's, it's, we had, to give you an example, we did our hop selection this year for Cascades. That's one of our biggest, the hops we use the most in a lot of our beers. And instead of flying out to Yakima Valley because of COVID right now, it's not reasonable. They actually shipped us uh, specific lots of hops to try here, like fresh. Basically, it was like 
processed, like like fresh, shipped overnight. And we got it within 12 hours, essentially, of being packaged. And they're like, you've got four hours to make your decision. You know, we need to go. So, <laughs> so they get the thing from FedEx, yeah. and then they just send you a text. The clock is ticking. Oh no, we we jumped on a Zoom call with actually our oh. our, uh, our our account manager. He's like, yeah, just you know, we need to know this and this and check these out. And you know, we we spent we got the whole team in here and just all spent you know a good hour hour and a half kind of like just doing sensory evaluations of just three different you know farm produced basically hops from three different farms, right? Mm -hmm. And trying to decide, okay, next year, 2020, what is the cascade? What, what farm do we want our cascade hops to be coming from? You know, wow. what, what do we want those? Because even among those three, even though it's the same hop, the same year, you know, same harvest time, roughly, there's still differences in all those hops. Oh, yeah. weather, you know, Aaron, when you watch the weather, or you're seeing, you know, poor forest management to poor environmental concerns and across the board, you know, I don't think people understand. What kind of heart palpitations do you get when you see fires in the Northwest? I mean, it's devastating. I mean, not just for pot production or anything like that, but I mean, we have family out there. Your brother lives uh, out my there. brother lives in the Bay Area, and okay. the fires are super close to him. And I, I think for our business and our family and our country and everything, it's 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 devastating. I yeah, mean, we, we're dealing with fires in the West, aluminum can shortages, uh, coronavirus global pandemic, uh, it's election year, and there's so many things against us right now, and we're just like, let's stay positive, let's keep brewing beer. Like, let's, Speaking of, let's anybody want another positive. beer? Yeah, sure, I would love one. Yeah, I'll do a, a robot, please. Thank yeah. you so much. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting, I mean, but that is, you know, that is the fight, right? And it is, you are the SMB, you are the Constantine in the battle of everything being thrown against you. And it's not, you know, the strong in some capacity do survive, obviously. Yeah. But I don't think people realize, and I just I like to hammer this point home in the first half hour. The strong survive because they're strong and because they're supported. And it, you, you gotta, you, you know, what you love, you've got to put your likes behind. You got to send your messages to. You also, you got to when you can, you've got to put your dollar bills behind. And and those those. Those actions, those simple but direct actions, are so thank you, sir. Are, are so real and and important because there is so much on the front, right? I mean, you've got you know you, you've got there's so many things happening, and that and that's just business. And then you go personal. You talk about your brother being there, and you go personal, and then you know, oh, I understand. I walked in. I said hi to Aaron, and she didn't instantly turn around with a big smile and say hi back. I'm just I'm, I'm old. It's like Hey, fucker, a lot of stuff's going on. Yeah, but, and I do think, we, you know, we do have a responsibility to us as business owners. I, there's a, there's a lot that goes into it, but I think you have to be like a little bit crazy to, to open a business, sure. to start a business, because it's just such a roller coaster. And you have to be good with the low lows as well as the high highs. And how do you keep yourself kind of centered through all of that? And, you know, through my professional career, I think that's the one thing that I've had to work on the most and try to figure out for myself because when you own a small business, like you have some pretty low lows. I mean, yeah. we, even before the global pandemic and all this other bullshit this year, I mean, we've had, you know, the cards stacked against us many times. And I think getting through that just makes us stronger. So when this all happened, we were like, okay, we know we can do it and we know mm -hmm. we can deal with it. And um, we just have to figure out how to pivot and how to 
literally just come in every day and figure it out. You know, every day we come in, okay, how can we bring people in here? How can we sell more beer? How do we change our business to suit what's happening in the world right now? And, uh, you know, we've put everything into this business, into this place. Um, what, are the, what are the realities of it? And I, I mean, this is a very serious question because I see it in my neighborhood every day. There's an ice cream truck that comes through. Give my daughter a dollar and she runs out. She gets an ice cream and she's like, oh, God, this is amazing. Oh, it is. But on Fridays and Saturdays when the dads are out front and the dogs are playing, right, and the ice cream truck comes by, I'm like, what the fuck is the beer truck? <laughs> Where is the ding, ding, ding of the beer truck at three, between three and five in my neighborhood? I just got done mowing the lawn. I'm thirsty. It's, it looks like it's on fire and smoking, but that's just how damn cold that thing is and it just <laughs> cruises by. I mean, I get there's laws currently in place that, that, that uh, don't, don't allow that to happen, but I mean, is that an unrealistic expectation? Am I just in fantasy land? I, I think, you know. <laughs> you're like, yeah, Jason, you're <laughs> a fucking moron. Yeah. <laughs> but no, no, no I, I would love for that to happen. Yeah. I just, I, it sounds like, it sounds great to me, but I think there's still a very significant portion of our population that, uh, Thinks differently, you know, and yeah, uh, it's a, that's you know some of us. But there's are, diabetics who hate ice cream, and guess what? They just don't go out and buy the ice cream, <laughs> right? And they're and they're being tempted, like maybe they used to love ice cream and they can't have it anymore, right? Mm -hmm. And what do they do? They oh, wait, turn they turn Oprah center. up a little louder, I guess, or Jeopardy or whatever they're watching, Sports Center. You know, yes. So real so quick on this, creepy ass scene. Sorry, this is no, this is super creepy. Have you guys have you guys ever had a creepy? haunting or been in a place where it's been haunted like, oh yeah duh, look at there it's like so, <laughs> I, like, mean, I, I don't know if i want to talk about this stories. i mean it's easy for me to scare her if that's what you're asking <laughs> yes i said to open the closet scared. door and they're gonna be like what is that no i love being scared um but i've been to um s's park colorado i've been to the, the Stanley okay. hotel where they filmed the shining which is super creepy for my um bachelorette party my girlfriends my best friends um got the haunted room at the Driscoll where like the bride I guess like killed herself the night before her wedding which is essentially kind of weird like yeah. to stay in your bridal party you're like what are you doing tomorrow no. getting married <laughs> yeah. are you it, writing a fucking book well I just don't want you to die ma'am <laughs> sorry but it was super spooky um but have I, you seen a ghost or, or experienced I think uh, so okay I, I'm definitely um I'm a realist but I also think that there's a lot happening after we die. What that is, I have no idea. But I feel like I've seen ghosts before, but I don't know. John, have you seen a ghost before? Or no, I, don't, I, don't, I don't. I don't. I was I was in LA. My buddy, I'd go there. I have two places that if I'm in LA, I have to stay. I don't get the option. Okay. My friend Vanessa's got a beautiful home up on top of Mulholland. Dude, actually, we might be in LA uh, in late February. So wait, you got recommendations? Sorry, I got What's some recommendations. Yeah. yeah, but so Vanessa's got this beautiful house um, <laughs> that she has a guest wing that she lets me stay in. It's on top of Mulholland. Okay. But my buddy had a beautiful top story apartment right in Hollywood. I mean, I'm talking it's from the early 1900s. The elevator has the gate that closes, and then as soon as the door quits bouncing, that's in front of it and finally stops. Then it goes, and it kind of goes up. Cool. And he would stay with his girl and just give me his apartment with his huge dog. And he's, he's got this 90-pound pit bull named Handsome James, and he's a beautiful dog. <laughs> and I'd lay down, and James would kind of take up the whole bed, and he goes, oh, remember, say goodnight to the ghosts. He left me a list of the names. And I was like, fuck off. 
I'm saying goodnight to ghosts. <laughs> I'm an adult. And I felt my hand being pulled up, and I thought James was coming underneath me. He's huge. I mean, his head is the size of this round thing here. Sure, yeah. People love when I do this. They're like, it's a podcast, fucker. I can't see. <laughs> like, it's a big dog. Look him up on Instagram. Handsome James Ferdinand. So my hand goes up, and then all of a sudden, I slap myself so hard, I give myself a light shine in. Wait, what? Just wham, right across. And I shot up 4 a.m. Also good because 6.30 a.m. I have to get up at 4.30 because I talk to my daughter before she goes to school when I'm traveling. Yeah. But I was like, the fuck? And I'm looking around and I'm looking and James, is he growls me a little bit like, why are you waking me up? And I'm like, bitch, I just got slapped. Buddy comes over, see nine in the morning. I'm like, we need to bottle the champagne. We need yeah. to talk over something. <laughs> yeah, He's like, yeah. what's going on? I go, well, you said it was at 4 a.m. 3 to 4 yeah. is the witching hour. So is that really? That's well, when the veil is the thinnest. My, my only problem with this is like, yeah. I didn't realize that witches uh, care about time zones, but <laughs> shut realize. up. John. So 3 to 4 <laughs> a.m. Like, are, are we falling back? Do they, do they, God damn it. They follow daylight savings. <laughs> yes, they do. The ghost shows up like, witches dude, are very smart. daylight savings was yesterday. Like, oh man, it's the wrong time. Listen, I know, go back to haunting. Get over it. So, Three to four a.m. I you always see in horror movies when they wake up or the ghost comes. It's like three fifteen or like three thirty-three or you know something like that. But the three to four is the witching hour. It's when the veil of the dimensions are the thinnest. Are the thinnest? Yeah. Do, do you believe multiple dimensions? No. No. Do you think we're in a simulation or do you think this is real life? I think this is real life. <laughs> Fucking, I hope it's a simulation. I'm gonna kick the shit out of the guy who made it this sim earth. Okay. Well, I mean, <laughs> a bunch of programmers. I do, I do believe in. I don't. I don't buy the, like the whole simulation or hologram theory, and also it's kind of irrelevant whether it is or isn't. That yeah, we're still in it, right? Mm. Yeah, we're still. You know, the the dim ultimate dimensions thing. I mean, that's like you start getting like quantum mechanics there, and like if everything, like there should be. Every possible, every, every possible playing out of events has occurred and is occurring at any given moment, you know. And, mm -hmm. uh, which also, I'm about to go way off the rails here. Please go off the rails. All right. Which, which also <laughs> solves the time travel paradox because, in truth, you're never actually traveling in time to. You can never affect your own timeline. All it happens is you just end up in a different timeline. If you want to call it time, right? Because that's yeah. our construct to understand how things yeah, how, how yeah. things move forward as right. they get older, or you know how they progress, right? Like, like take Back to the Future, right? Sure. As soon as soon as Marty McFly and Doc jump in that jump in that jump in that DeLorean and take mm -hmm. off, they're not in their own dimension. They've left their dimension, right? Yeah. So now he's because like he can, now he's in his 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 uh, a, a separate one that's ever so slightly different and he's influencing that one. And he should because otherwise his memories would rapidly evolve and change as he was going through stuff. It's exactly. like his head would explode. Exactly. You can't so that's how he wouldn't come back confused because he would have been living through the change and it would have been filling his mind knowing right. and then he would have known what he's doing right and what he's doing wrong. So that's how you, that's how the paradox And Aaron's is. like, this is exactly what Constantine's about. <laughs> you fucking weirdos. I'm gonna go do my own podcast on Constantine, <laughs> if you guys just, don't mind. I think we're about to get a Gavin Rosdale show up. Yeah. What you know how, <laughs> one of the cool, cool things about this movie, and John, we we're talking about this, is this this humble confidence that Keanu Reeves has and it's also this cautionary confidence like he knows he can kick ass but he also knows there's something bigger and badder out there and it's almost like he's just waiting for it to come like every demon he fights everything he does is still like shit there's it's, there's not enough hours in the day 
And at some point, you're gonna, you're, it's the blood sport, right? You're getting to the, the Jean-Claude Van Damme, of, of the, the devil, if you will. Where, when you're watching this, Aaron, you, you know, and you're, you're seeing all this layout, and there you go, Gavin, a handsome devil. I mean, he's too he's good looking. So I don't pretty. trust him. He's too she good looking. He's a little too pretty. Well, now here's, here's a question. Let me ask you, please. What is the difference between handsome and pretty? Because there are pretty men. Like Tom Brady, to me, is a pretty man. He's pretty. He's yeah. pretty. He's pretty. He's gotten prettier. Fucker. Like, I know. He's like, you gotten older? I don't know. I've just gotten prettier. No gray hair. Great. Why don't you go win another Super Bowl then? Dick. Yeah. He's a dick. I think any guy who is. I don't know. It's, Good cheekbones. Yeah, very manicured, you know, smooth skin. I don't know. I think handsome is, like, Keanu Reeves is handsome. Like, he's got a little scruff to him. He's not, you know, perfectly symmetrical or, you know, that, like, definition of of attractive, I guess. But I don't know. Yeah. I'm a Gavin Rossdale, pretty or handsome? He's pretty. He's pretty. Yeah. Okay, okay. He's, he's pretty. listen. Keanu Reeves has gotten his ass kicked, and he's kicked some ass. Gavin Rosdale has bought someone to kick someone's ass who talked to him the wrong way about his suit color. That's right, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly how I thought the podcast was going to go. Speaking of, right. He's uh, like, we're talking about pretty versus handsome. I can't wait for this hashtag to come out. <laughs> I mean, look at him right now. Yeah, let's just welcome to my world. <laughs> welcome to the Bugs. Uh, let's get him Hi, there you go. It's fun about that. you know what I like about this podcast so far is like there have been 13 <laughs> things that I wanted to mention and I forgot all of them. Yeah, now. It's like, eh, fuck it. <laughs> That's just fine. listen. It's just I'm a rambler and I ask random weird questions and he's going to be like, hey, Jason, shut the fuck up. We got to wait. Oh, this so young lady right here. Oh yeah. I mean, she's she is. Right away, she's one. She's an amazing actress, yeah. but what she does in this film and the way that she just. She has this dance with with Keanu and everything else. It's really fucking cool. Yeah. By the way, hard left-hand turn, but people need to know this. And I bring mm-hmm. this up sometimes when I'm at breweries, if it's done correctly. You have the perfect ratio of, of cleaning detergent to water to heat for washing your glasses. Hence the little tree. Folks, yeah. this was made for bartenders to know how to ask the person when they get their drink next. Because you can see how quickly I drink or how slowly I drink. And when you can see those rings, you know, you can ask when it's barely at the bottom and they've got one drink left. And shit, they've got a quarter of a cup. And you're like, well, that's going to be gone in a slurp. So here you go. There's an art to it. Not a lot of people do it. But the people who do it, do it exceptionally fucking well, and I'm always impressed by it. We, we call that we the are, lacing. That's lacing, yeah. yeah. So we are very particular about <laughs> our glassware. Um, if we ever go to a restaurant or a bar or even a brewery, most breweries don't do this anymore, but nope. if you get a, a drink, a beer, or anything in a glass, and you have those tiny little bubbles like all over the yeah. inside, that's a dirty, dirty glass. glass. It is, uh, yeah. It might not be, you know debris or anything it could be dust but like you have Smudge, to grease sm- yeah, Finger, fingerprint that it got come off in the raw water like and there's a there's a i was i'm just debating with myself i want to put this this movie theater on blast because put them on blast it's fine put them on blast I'm it's do dark it. they don't fucking know <laughs> only because i also literally only go to this movie theater like twice a week right when they're open when they're- the draft mm-hmm. house at the yep. village I, I live there, basically. We live down the street. And you I, get a can of beer because their glasses are fucking dirty. Glasses are always dirty. Man. They are. Yeah, I think, dirty. but it's also, it's all order of glass once the lights go down because then I can't see. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. See, yeah. the problem is, is that I've, you know, same with, listen, it's, it's, it is a problem with trying, you're washing glasses in the same 
shit you're washing plates in. And quite honestly, they just handle temperature and the cleaning products differently because they're they're two different materials. I think it just costs a cow. I hope I didn't. Please keep on. No, no. I, listen, it's it's just it's just snobs <laughs> about our glassware. Listen, I'm a snob about it too. I don't yeah. buy. I love Draft House, and I know John Gross over there really well. And you know, he oh, yeah. he was. I mean, John yeah. was. John was when I was starting this podcast. I was telling him what I wanted to do. Yeah. I said one day I wanted to do it at the draft house. He goes, "You're fucking nuts. This is exactly what we don't want to have happen." No, <laughs> but I will support you. <laughs> you know, like, what, can, what else can we do? No, John, so you know John Grimace? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, he's a uh, uh, yeah. We just hung out with him the other day because he because like the, the cidery next door, Fairweather. The guy, okay. one of the guys who owns that, is named John. We we all have like mics and John's works. Everybody had to get a distinction, so we had a you know. A beer, John. He's cider, John. Yep. The sales guy's John, and John Gross is hanging out. It's a weird joke. I'm like, we need to have a summit of the Johns. So we all summit of the Johns. We all got together, and, and uh, it's terrible. It, uh, listen, in Haight Ashbury in 1967 or whatever, when the CIA was running MK Ultra, uh, you know, acid trips. Guess what? It was the summit of the Johns. Okay, <laughs> that one didn't turn out well. I think these Johns would like to put a new light on something. Okay, we just, just drank a lot of beer. It's really simple. <laughs> it's really simple. Sounds about right. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, we were at uh, Pinehouse Pizza talking. I was like, this is what I want to do. And I want to know. And, you know, what, what, what am I missing? Or you know, just give me a little bit of love, a little bit of insight. You're smart. You're, you know media. You know engagement. And he sat down with me a couple times. Just, hey, how's it going? Text me sometimes. Hey, how's the podcast going? Or what's going on? I mean... He's a great person. He oh, really yeah. is, you know, and, nice. and they do a good job. And listen, a movie theater, um, I do not hold you at the same. I, I also buy your canned beers, but I don't hold you at the same standard that I hold a bar. If I walk into a bar and it's like that, uh, I'll have my beer, and then I'll probably bounce. I just, I don't. Yeah. I'm not having it. I'm not just, you know, we. Were, I was at a place and they served canned beer and they were pouring it into cups, which is fine, and they're plastic, so I get it, but. Guy's like, oh, you know, do you want a glass of beer? And he poured it in there. I'm like, Jesus, you might as well just put it in the fucking plastic. Your glasses are clean, bro. Yeah. But then I see it the right way. My wife's like, oh fuck. <laughs> She's like, here he goes. Call him over. You can't, you can't get take it? us anywhere. Yeah. Well, I can actually <laughs> appreciate the, when you see yeah. the quality. That's yeah. art, though. There's an art to it. I mean, it's something yeah. special. Yeah. You know, it's like you know, like watching a, a '67 Mustang roll by that's perfectly conditioned and hasn't been restored has just been kept perfect and you're like oh that took art and it took a lot of work and it took a lot of time and it took yeah. a lot of understanding you know and there's art and time and understanding and their focus is on film and good for you guys and thanks for supporting all the local breweries and we love you guys to death you know that's yeah. not one of your strong suits it's okay you can't be perfect in everything well dude the reason yeah. One of the reasons, I've been going to the draft house, uh, the first time I ever went was, I was in college, and it was back at the original location, downtown, like, next oh, yeah. door to where Frank's is now, I guess, yep. that, what's now just like a weird club or something. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, like it's such a weird it little area down there yeah. right now. You know, it, gets, it gets a lot of like South, I think South by rents it out, but anyways, uh, we, so we, we were there watching uh, back when it was Master... Or Master Mr. Sinus. Oh, okay. Now it's Mr. Oh. Sinus, but they haven't oh, yeah. changed the name yet. So it's Mystery Science had sued him or ceased the system yet. You know? Which uh, a bit of bit, bit of business advice to tangent off this tangent. Uh, I was once told if you haven't received once you receive your first cease and desist, 
you know you're doing something right. <laughs> Gotten four. And there Knocking you go. Out of the park. Yeah, picked up one or two <laughs> along the way. Um, so we we uh, I remember that was the first time I went there, and I remember loving it so much. Not it wasn't just. And I've seen a lot of people try to replicate the draft house model, and they totally miss the point. They think, oh, people want a really nice seat. They want food. They want drinks. And yeah, we do want all that stuff. But that's not what made Alamo Draft House successful. What made Alamo Draft House successful is that when you go to the draft house, it doesn't matter how much you love movies. Know these people love movies way more than you do. Yep, it's like it fucking bleeds from the walls of like these people love movies, you know. And that's and that's like that's where I want to go hang out. You know? Yeah, I want to watch a movie. I'm like I don't want to go to I won't I won't put name anybody else. I'm not gonna go to anywhere else because I'm not going there for the food or the beer. Even though I, I'm always gonna get food and beer, I'm going because like the people who run this place clearly love movies more than me, and I get to experience that. Anyway, so that's that's my fanboyish about Alamo Draft House. No, and I'm I'm with you. We do. But I think we all do. But the glasses are dirty. <laughs> we'll help you with those glasses. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, honestly, <laughs> there is a, there's a thing about, you know, whether it's Draft House or whether it's making beer. To your point, it bleeds from the walls. You know, you walk in here and you're like, yeah, I want to have a beer. I mean, it's not, it's, it's interesting and fun when you walk into a place and they're playing the right music and you're like oh that's the music i'm gonna have a beer or oh that's let's you know let's get a margarita or whatever it may be but it's based off of whatever they're playing over the fucking tunes yeah you know or like i'm getting a burger i should probably have a beer with it not a chardonnay or or a <laughs> fucking blended strawberry daiquiri unless you're a psychopath and then it, go with the burger maybe it a, a, listen, a, a good, a perfectly good Kobe beef burger, yep. cooked right. Yep. I'm talking like a like a like a thirty-two dollar Vegas burger, a pound like Casino El Camino styles for his oh, thickness okay. and weight okay. and depth of flavor. Right, mm -hmm. you put that with a really good eighty-four Chateau Lafitte at about one hundred and sixty-five bucks a glass, and let me tell you, your taste buds are fucking dancing. They are dancing. But that red brings out the blood. It brings out the brings out the garlic and the fries. I mean, yeah. Chef Hubert Keller does these fries where he he uh, he lets them sit out, dries them out, cuts them, lets them sit out, then puts them back in ice water for a day and lets them sit out for a day, then slow fries them for 15 minutes, then pulls them out, then braises them with duck fat, and then puts them back in the fryer for a minute and then serves them hot to your table. That with a burger. And that glass of wine, which I've been very fortunate to have in the back of his kitchen, so I don't have to pay for it, <laughs> was fucking magical. That's in Vegas? Yeah. Where's that at? Hubert Keller. Uh, he's, um, I forget the name of his new restaurant now, okay. uh, but he's also a DJ. He's hilarious. He's, my brother used to cut his hair. I got you. Yeah. We're, so Aaron and I, I'm asking, because we are, that the reason we'll be in LA uh, in February is we're going on our 10-year anniversary. Nice. Anniversary. And we were going to go, like originally we'd want to like redo our honeymoon in a sense, but with COVID, not really an option. And mm -hmm. we're hoping things, I mean, we're all still hoping things kind of go back to COVID a little bit. But we're going to road trip the Southwest for like two weeks. So oh, there you go. Hit, uh, you know, parks, breweries. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we're going to stop in, in the Bay Area to hang out with the brother's family. We're stopping at some haunted places. Some haunted places. I'm looking at the out. Winchester yeah. Mansion. Where's that, where's that one at? That's it's the, in California. It's yeah. the uh, it's the gal uh, the Winchester Rifle family. Oh, she kept building rooms on rooms on rooms yeah. on rooms with staircases that don't go anywhere yeah. and to oh. confuse the ghosts that chased her. Quick interrupt, also. No, please. This is hell, right? Yeah, this yeah. is. Ever, it's a really creepy 
I love this scene. Uh, the way they do hell on Earth. It's like the whole, like, it's not... Because, you know, you always think about, like, well, if there is a hell and if there is a heaven, where are they? Sure. And they really... This is the best, like showcase of like this is what if hell is like is right where we are like it's, mm -hmm. it's right behind everything and heaven is also right here as well like this is such a great way to show how a hell could exist like just like slightly out of phase of our reality right yeah it's i mean frank right frank there. peretti did a very good job of doing this as well who's an author uh this present darkness where a town was being infiltrated by demons and he was he did the split analysis of a person like this lady's walking to her car and she's like, Oh, I'm just walking to my car. And then all of a sudden it's like, here are the demons watching her and here are the angels protecting her. And here is the, the not to get great. So pastoral ministries major in college, a little bit of understanding and depth on this. Heaven never left earth. Hell never left earth. The, the, the point of this is actually speaking is very very realistic in that you don't bring heaven back to earth heaven is on earth it's just revealed yeah. just like hell on earth is revealed right. and and the choices you make and what happens is, is revealed in, in the aspect of what of what's going on and so for for that part it's, it's you know it's, it's a fascinating and beautiful depiction of of what we see and don't see and you know, I think it begs the question, it brings it back to you, young Aaron, which is, you know, well, I'm that's almost so nice. I'm almost 50 and you're almost 25 <laughs> no and that's good. We're best, we're best yeah. friends now. He said I was 25. <laughs> Where do you, you know, when you're in a new place or a haunted place or anything, how do you, how do you, are your spidey senses there? I mean, you yeah. seem to be, you know, it's like, I mean, John and I are in the same boat, right? We're paddling down the same river. Uh, even, guess what? I slapped myself probably because I drank too much the night before and had too many edibles. But it was legal in California. Oh, don't man, care. That, that story sounds a little sketchy. Yeah, right? And now, now my story gets sketchier. It's like, oh, you had 100 milligrams of edibles? Jason, you slapped yourself at 4 a.m. Oh, no, no, I mean, the, the ghost part. That's, that's yeah. yeah. That creeps me no out. No way. That's a, so, creepy I'll tell you a short story. When I was a kid, I grew up in Iowa. So there's a lot of creepy places in Iowa. It's just a well, yeah, because there's just corn. Yeah, there's nothing there. And so, meth. Oh, corn yeah, and meth, and and then they're and like, hey, corn, <laughs> meth, slip on. And they're like, have you heard of Des Moines? We sell insurance. And you're like, listen, you creepy fucks. You're worse than all of them. Okay, insurance capital of the United States, right. Des Moines. So I have always been just a fan of everything supernatural and everything like that. So I got some friends together and there was an old abandoned mental institution that had closed down years and years before. And I was like, let's go check it out. We were like, I don't know, 16, 17. Uh, it was very illegal, but we broke in. And the moment we pulled up into the drive, you could just feel it's a weight. Like it's a, I don't know if it's like the anticipation because you're excited and you're scared, but you can almost feel like the air thicker. I don't really know how to explain it, sure. but I really, I really do believe something was going on. And we actually, a couple of my friends wouldn't even go up to the building because they got too scared and they felt something pushing them back. So I went in. It's called the law. She's like, I've fine. got scholarships. We were good kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were good kids. I just like to go, you know, ghost hunting every now and then. But um, the only way I can describe it is it's just like the air gets thicker and um, 
it, yeah, it's almost like a spidey sense. Like your hair kind of stands up a little bit and you just feel this kind of like ominous waves around you, I guess. John, do you ever feel those things in any capacity? Like, <laughs> I, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you where I feel them. I really do. Like I feel a, um, if you go into a, uh, a retirement center, you know, or, but they like, they're forced to go there. Like I feel it there because I feel these people are batshit crazy. I'm like let's color together, and they're like, "You fucking ruined my life." And I'm like, "Oh, Nancy, 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 that's not me." Yeah. Okay, I just came to color with you. You know, or maybe do a puzzle. Like I feel the weight there because I feel the confusion of their brain trying to figure out why they're there. And this, you know, it's like the negative energy of anyone who walks yeah. into a room. You can kind of feel it. But outside of that, you know, it's. Uh, yeah. And I will answer your question in a second. But yeah, please. Also, when you're talking about the angels and the demons watching someone, I mean, yes. it's happening right now. It's, it's happening right now. Yeah. and it's Because the cashier is revealed later to be an, a half angel. Yep. And this dude, and Gavin's, you know, half demon. They're all just watching this guy. You know. And he's just trying to wake himself up. I mean, yeah. this is the... But it's all about influence, right? Yeah. And so there's never... That's the cool thing about this is that, you know, there's never any, like, physical connection between them. It's just all, you know, hell and heaven influencing us and, and how we react to that. But to answer to answer your question though, sure. uh, I've never really felt, I, I can't say I've ever really felt that heaviness, but I have felt, I want to say almost the opposite of that. Um, this is going to sound lame, but like every once, you know, I, I like to go hiking, camping and stuff like that. And, and, and every once in a while I'll be out in nature. I remember the last time this happened, we were at the, uh, I forget the name of the exact park, it was one of the redwood forest parks in like Northern California. Okay. And just walking into it and just there's like just this sense of like I am in a sacred place is the best way to describe it. Sure. It's like you're I'm like remember walking amongst these like thousand year old trees and just the sound and the feeling and it's everything. A yeah, it was just it was like the opposite of what you described. It's like I this the place that I'm standing right now feels sacred in some way. But you're you're from Austin or Houston, I mean. Houston, right? yeah. So that's also a difference, right? In you are escaping from a different area into a different area. Sure. So it sets a different tone. I mean, you weren't around thousand-year-old trees in Houston, no offense to Houston, no, no, but no. they're just not there. <laughs> you got swamp. You know? Yeah, you got swamp. <laughs> You're like, hey, we killed an alligator? It was great for boots and some good. We, we were driving through, was it right outside of Houston? Road trip to Kentucky. My wife's like, I'm sorry, Kentucky's the wrong way. I'm like, no, there's a place called McDonald's we have to try. She just goes, what? But it was on the border there by Louisiana, wow. and it's just a hair into Louisiana. And it, they took a McDonald's, and they left the McDonald's name up. Mm-hmm. And it's a place where you only buy alligator. Mm-hmm. And it's like a, it's like going into a butcher shop. It's just, but it's different cuts yeah. and types of alligator. We walk in, and my daughter's got to use the restroom, and I'm amazed. I mean, I just love these crazy little spots. And this is like 19, early 1970s, Grandma's had them um, into probably the 80s, those foam toilet seats that kind of were a little squishy with the water. Yeah. And they, they'd break open and you'd see the foam inside where all the disease was. And my daughter walks in. Sometimes and, it pinches your butt. And sometimes it'll pinch your ass and be like, hey, guess what we're doing? And you're like, I know, pervert. Okay. We're all here together. And, you know, she, she walks in and she goes, Dad. This is disgusting. Mm. And she's four. I'm like, I know, honey. She goes, but it smells amazing in here. I'm going to pee. And I was like, like, good choice because outside are fucking alligators. She's like, I don't want that. No, no, no. I was like, can we please get on a major highway and just get, like, I'll take 
We drove up to Denver. It took me 15 hours because I went to Roswell first so we could have alien pancakes. Nice, yeah. You know, and buy some alien beer because there's yeah. an alien brewery there. I'm like, oh, really, I'm a weirdo. I, I drove through Roswell once. Yeah. I mean, obviously, that's like the tourist attraction, but man, they are into it. They yeah. bit. They bit hard. Yeah. They bit really hard. They went a little crazy. Now, did either of you guys... Um, Grow up in, uh, in in religious homes where you know you're looking at the angels and the demons and uh, they're they're talking about them or was it more like it's like there's you know obviously in, in the scope of yeah. in American Christianity there is the not to pick on them but I'm from that sect there's the Assembly of God where they hit the tambourine on their leg out of rhythm and the triangle is a big component in trying to keep everyone on track as white people try to sing gospel hymns and then you know they're casting out demons and speaking in tongues and there's the extreme and then you've got the other end yeah. where you know, the baptists are like i don't even know if we have to play music yeah. uh, i mean i'll <laughs> let me go first mine's quick because mine was a shorter you got the more sure. complicated I, I was raised in a presbyterian church so oh, so yeah so you're all we did was like sing folk songs that was it <laughs> yeah and i was just like all right maybe a banjo yeah yeah maybe <laughs> Occasionally the banjo. Tammy's sick. Otherwise, we're still going to sing. I, Open up your hymnal. The, the 345. Fan, the fanciest we got, I think, was that the first trombone for the Houston Symphony was a member. And so he would, like, put together a little classical group every once in a while. He has, like, like slightly fancier music. Oh, that, yeah. get the tip but, jar out. I know. Falling. That was the extent of my... <laughs> and, in, and the rest of the time, it was just, like, ski trips and hiking and, you know, yeah. eating pizza, that kind of thing. Anyway, so that was mine. Sounds so funny. I grew up Catholic, um, so my whole family is Catholic, and um, I didn't go to Catholic school, but my mom's Catholic school, and all of you know my aunts, so pretty much everyone in our family went to Catholic school. Speaking of Catholic, this, this movie itself is really tiny. I know. Have you thought of making a beer yeah. called Nuns on the Run? <laughs> I don't know if I can get away with that, but... Um, yeah, so I, I grew up Catholic. I went to church, you know, all the time. I actually went to CCE, which is like a every week, you know, Catholicism class. And, okay. And uh, I was confirmed in the Catholic Church, so I have like a saint name and the whole thing. Wow. Um, I like, also just learned that she has a saint name yeah, like two weeks ago. It's Cecilia. Saint Cecilia, are you going to get that tattooed somewhere, no, or do you have a tattoo? I can't it <laughs> I know, but why not? Uh, <laughs> or make why don't you make up Saint Cecilia beer? Maybe. Yeah, it is technically my name. But no, I mean, I've, I've read the Bible. I, I understand a lot of the, you know, the stories and the, uh, you know, I understand it. I just, you know, as I grew up, I kind of tried to make those decisions for myself. Sure. Like, just live as a good person. And um, yeah, I think there's a lot to the Catholic religion that I do agree with, but a lot that I don't. So I kind of just made up my own. And, um, yeah, but but who didn't at some point, right? right? I mean, it's like, I look at like, you know, be like, read the King James. I'm like, do you know the history? I'm like, what do you mean? I go, oh, you mean a guy who wrote a Bible so everyone could read it to piss off the Pope? That's the book you're going with? That's the backbone for your faith? The guy who said, fuck you, Pope, look what I've done. Everyone can read now. The, the most dumbed down version, the dummies for dummies of Bibles. Stop, <laughs> please, come on, man. You know, but I mean, I'm, I'm with you. It's, you, gotta, you gotta run your own race and, You've got to figure out how to be good to people and you know there is um i've had a couple of pastors on and you know they i always ask them the tough questions and they, they sit down and they're nice and they uh you know they get done and it's you know like, god that was really interesting i'm like oh thanks you know thanks champ and he's like 
so bringing your family back to church? I'm like, yeah, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not that I'll, I mean, there's parts of me that really likes church. Yeah, I really do. I like the community of it. I like the people. Um, you know, I think I could do without the judgment. Yeah. You know, uh, I think I could do without a lot of the, the condescending ideals of where, because I'm vocal. I remember where I was in some service once in the past. He goes, how many people have gotten super drunk? And I'm like, nope. And he's like, <laughs> Really wasn't mentioned to raise hands. <laughs> you asked. You asked. And it was last night. And I had a great time. Yeah, I, you know, I've got, I got nothing. All of my memories of growing up in a, in a church. I mean, again, it was like, you know, Sundays, church days. And then, sure. You know, it wasn't like we were real crazy involved or anything. But we went, we were like every single weekers, you know. Sure. Not the twice a year. So the Easter and Christmas. Uh, we, so we were there every week, and you know I got nothing negative to say about it. it just, yeah, it just you know as I got older, and uh, just I why well, I don't really want to get into this actually. No, yeah. it's just not my thing. Well, so, we talked about it, you know, early on in our relationship, and we decided that you know religion just really wasn't going to be like the cornerstone of our relationship, but mm-hmm. like who we were as people in our relationship was kind of the cornerstone of our relationship. Um, and so, and that and that's respect to your parents. I mean, that's respect to your yeah. parents and the way they raised you. That's respect to the culture that they put around you. That you have enough faith in who you are as people and your fundamentals of what you believe in and how you treat other people. Is core right, and it, and and understanding that, I mean, does what more do parents and what more does a family, what more does a culture of a community want? Do they want that you give zero fucks about people and you just go to Sunday service every day, or mom and dad look down and they're like, wait, so all the values we instilled, all those things we worked really hard on, that's the core tenets for your marriage. Fuck. I mean, wow. <laughs> Mom, did you just cuss? I did. Because it's amazing. <laughs> this is getting uh, personal. All right. Well, you know, everyone wants to listen. I got to do a little dances. Uh, I'm a little bit, but I'm enjoying it. How's that? Okay. okay I, do good. Have, I do have one story I do want to tell about Please. my parents. Uh, the dog and the just don't impersonate your mama. We're good. I will not do that. This time. <laughs> yeah. uh, so they they are you know they're still very involved in church. I think mm-hmm. so. I think they go still yeah. every week uh, when they can and uh, but one day, you know, I just brought Aaron home and uh, to meet my parents for the first time, right? And mm-hmm. she, uh, so we're all sitting out in the backyard. Mom's <laughs> drinking a glass of wine like she does. Uh, my dad's hanging out, uh, having a beer. Uh, we're sitting there drinking a glass of wine too. And their dog, no longer with us, sadly, uh, had run out, yeah, run out into the bushes and just like nosedived into the bushes and just flattened out. And I tried to explain to, my, to Aaron about how pretty like, chill my parents are kind of like just very accepting of things are as they are right and so Aaron's sitting there like she's like, hitting me in the shoulder like John John your, your dog and I'm like what's the problem like, like I'm having an internal yeah she's freaking out like those dogs in the bushes man the dogs in the bushes it's gonna ruin the plants it's gonna like, ruin the, the bushes shouldn't be doing and, that and so I'm like I'm like all right fine I'm like hey dad and he's like what's up and I'm like look over I'm like yeah angels in the bushes because no, I'm like John, yeah John, like, dogs in the bushes Get the dog out of the. He's gonna ruin but, that beautiful plant. This is my. This is the probably the most important lesson that my father taught me from his life. He just looks over and goes, "Eh, dog's being a dog." That was it. <laughs> my head exploded. Blue honestly, I grew up so differently than that. My family is yeah. like extremely passionate, crazy. You know, like yeah. energetic, not like so, calm or. 
composed or... So I once accused my parents of being like, oh, like so like Zen Buddhist about how you approach life. John, sure, we're and, not Buddhist. And she, she said, no, we are not. I was like, no, you're missing. No, Presbyterian. Presbyterian. Oh, school yeah, failed that, you. And that you conversation ended really I'll go get an acoustic guitar and we can... <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I fluctuate between the two and it drives my daughter crazy. We have a basset hound. Yeah. And there are days and I'm working and especially during COVID, right? She's doing school from home a lot. She's finally back at school and she's she's really, she gets up in the morning and she's excited. She's like, I'm going to school. And I'm like, good for you. And we're hanging out. You know, we'd be, I'd be working and the dog, you just leave the door open. The dog goes in and out. He's a basset. But if someone walks by the house, he freaks out. And there's some days where I don't care. I'm like, oh, whatever. And there are other days where I just, it gets me. You just, there's something like, God, Banjo, buddy, shut up. Yeah. And then he doesn't. He barks again. I'm like, Bernard, his middle name. He knows he's in trouble. Doesn't. Go outside. And I just throw a tennis ball at the fence, not near him, but it rattles the fence. And then he looks at me. He's like, hey, what's going on? I'm like, Fuck, dude. I've said your name three times. I've used Bernard, which is really serious. And then I forget, oh, he's a dog being a dog, and he's a basset hound, so he's smelling something, so he can't, he's not hearing, he's barely seeing anything. His face is in the dirt next to the fence, just trying to figure out what is walking next to him that he does not know, yeah. and he wants to make sure everyone knows that's his yard. And just like, well, sorry, you're a dog being a dog. It, yeah, you're a dog. And, and a dog. It's just—it's like we don't, and it, the, you know, ex extrapolate probably the unintended wisdom of, of his comments. It's just kind of like a lot of times, just accept. It, it's the whole like accept people for who they are and what they do because they're just, you know, most people just being themselves. And it's like they're in, people are into what they're into. They're going to do what they're going to do, and it's not necessarily our place to sit here and, and hold everyone in judgment and put them against our. Sure. Know, yeah. How does, how does this attitude of a dog being a dog and your family's attitude of how you guys present, which one is more dominant in the beer making and the ideas of beer creation? Is it, those are hops being hops and we're going to roll with this? Or is this like, no, like we had a plan, we are doing it this way, we better find some allspice or something to change this up? I think like in anything, um, it, it's, it's a blend of both. Um, Which I think shows in all your beers. Yeah, yeah, it's a blend. I think in relationships, in business, in, in beer. beer, in everything, like you have to look at things in like a holistic manner. It can't be one side or the other because sure. then it's just not going to work. Like our relationship, he is the calm, centered one. I'm a little bit neurotic, you know, <laughs> crazy one a little bit, but... Walking by, tapping on the, <laughs> hey guys, you're but, coming soon. Yeah, but he's mellowed me out and, you know, I've hyped him up, I guess. And yeah, wasn't the comedian who made the joke, it's like, the key to any successful marriage, the, the one of them has to be real crazy and one of them has to be real boring. The well, I think it was real dumb and real crazy. <laughs> no, we're going to no, go boring. 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 I like, I like boring. I'm, and I'm with you. My, my wife is real boring. She's like, no. oh, I've got two nickels. Makes a dime. I'm going to get a quarter next. <laughs> you know, and she's, just, she's very plotted about yeah. her stuff. And yeah. she's done that since college. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, I'm going to get a tattoo on my back and run a tattoo contest with the brewery and whoever gets the largest one of mine. We give them a Harley. Let's do it. 
a guy named Kenny Marvin out of February, Washington one. It was a 58-inch tattoo that covered his whole body. A little person at three and a half feet tall, four feet tall with his bright green mohawk was named Satan, which he had tattooed on his forehead and down his arm. And he also had spiked piercings down his nose and through his chin. Big win in Montana. Big win in Northwestern Montana. <laughs> second place, where we didn't have a second place prize, uh -huh. was a man named Chainsaw. He got that name in the Montana State Penitentiary, oh. where he also got his tattoo. And his release date was just a week before the contest. Hey. So he rolled into Whitefish, Montana on Valentine's Day with a 27-inch tattoo. Pussy. And <laughs> Kenny had a 52-inch tattoo that covered his whole body. Winner. Chainsaw yeah. threatened to kill me because of that. <laughs> And I had a police escort in Whitefish, Montana for oh a couple of days God. while I was getting drunk in bars. Oh, great. Great. <laughs> That's wild. Because I'm the crazy person. Yeah. I'm the one who goes, this is the job for me. And my wife's like, but if you do this job, you know, looking back, she's like, oh, but you do this job, so you took a pay cut, so you could party and drink and drive a Harley around <laughs> yeah. the West Coast to only at the end almost get killed by a person who just got out of the Montana State Penitentiary system. I'm like, yep. So this was your active choice. Like you didn't lose your job and then go, well, I should do this instead. You took a pay cut and did this job. I go, yeah, but then that job got me a pay raise because the guy's like, I like him. And then I sold the first can of steel reserve and launched that brewery, which mine had also owned. And she goes, what did that do for you? I'm like, no, nothing. It's just a thing. I got <laughs> shot at a couple times in South Central. And there's, and she's like, I don't understand your progress to how you got to where you're. It doesn't make any sense. You are irrational in your decisions. And we need to hone them in. And I mean, the most irrational, I had a car. I what I had. But I came home with like a, a one, two below the Hellcat of the Challenger. And I was like, honey, trade in the car. Got in the car. She's like, what the fuck is going on? We have a kid. I'm like, and the kid gets to school faster now. And she's like, this is not acceptable in any way. Aaron's shaking her head at me right now. I'm like, <laughs> he wants a motorcycle so bad and it's never going to happen. Oh, like a big, no, little, like it's a little zero, uh, cafe, no. what do you call them, cafe? Oh, a little cafe racer? Cafe racers, yeah. No. Just something to cruise around the neighborhood. That's it. Okay. Trying to go on the freeway. You know no. what you do? Listen, this is how you then, so you have twofold now, right? Yeah. And this is fun to do. You find the places where you can rent those cafe racers around a little downtown that also have great breweries. And then you and the what? You, you go off to those places. You get your fill of cafe racer. You both get your fill of beer. Guaranteed there's something haunted and yeah. fucked up in every town in America. Yeah. So you all win. That's a win. That's this does not seem like going to the movie real quick. Oh, yeah. Uh, as, 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 uh, as Keanu's drowning her, you know, yeah. for her own benefit. It's, she did, so she did a really good job of selling the whole, like, it's like, all right, I'm going to go along with this weird thing. And then yeah. she's into it. And then she's like, wait, are you drowning me? She freaks out. Yeah. Um, so I was going to ask this earlier, too. Has she really done anything since? Has she been in anything big at all? Like yeah, can't... Rachel, yeah, yeah. She's she's done um, she's done quite a few movies. She's, yeah, she's But she's a lot of independent stuff as well. She's phenomenal. I she's, she's a phenomenal actress. actress. Um, I like that they put a poor clawfoot tub. My wife's like, I just need it in her house. Oh my gosh, I want one so bad. The clawfoot, what made the clawfoot tub come back for the ladies? Because men can't fit in them. 
Like, we're just... I mean, I'm a pretty, like, large lady, too. I'm 6'1", but, like, I don't know. They're just so chic-looking and, like, I don't know. You're 6'1"? I am, yeah. (laughs) You walked up. You seemed to be 5'10". No. You're 6'1". Yeah. Our kid is not even two, and she's, like... She's about as tall as her friend's four-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that the best? My daughter's the same way. She's walking next to fifth graders. And they're like, is your daughter in fifth grade? I'm like, she's in second. No. Nope. <laughs> yep. And she's, I was like, oh. like, she's not even two yet. It's okay. Yeah, I've got these parents. You know, girls can play football. I'm like, okay, shut up. All right. Her oh, favorite right. color is black, and she already likes to fight. It's not. No. It was, she went away, took her to karate. I was like, you should do karate. Mm-hmm. And she's got the craziest manners. For a seven-year-old now, I'm walking up second grade. She comes to his dad, and not doing pick her up, and not doing karate again. I'm not going back. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this will be interesting. Do tell what happened. She goes, Dad, the instructor, literally, big word for her, literally looked at everyone and said, "Shut up." Can you believe the gall? <laughs> The gall? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I was like, and I'm like, kid. She goes, yeah. Yeah. Shut up. Words I'm not allowed to say, and I shouldn't have to hear. <laughs> I was just like, eh, yeah, you don't have to go to karate again. That's so funny. That's awesome. Eating 50 bucks. There we go. You're clearly doing something right. <laughs> well, yeah. Thank you. She yeah. is. She's a fun kid. She uh, she told my wife, she walked out, and she goes, hey, uh, did you make my bed for me? And my wife goes, yeah. She goes, yeah, I mean, you could have done better. <laughs> and then looked at her and goes, come here, let me show you what I'm talking about. And wow. then walked her through how the pillow should go, where the stuffed animal should go, so it looks better because she also likes to play in her room and sleep in the guest room and so if a guest came by they would feel more welcomed in this room (laughs) and i am on the floor dying and my wife comes out she goes you're not even making it a secret you're laughing hard i'm like no i can't my cheeks hurt i'm crying and she goes dad it's okay it's not funny but I did tell her how to make a bed proper, and she she was very receptive. <laughs> Just like, receptive. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh yeah, she would tell her friends, "Please don't don't stand on the ottoman." And they're like, "Ottoman?" She goes, "The square thing next to the couch. It's called an ottoman." <laughs> Just pretentious little shit. I was like, "Oh God bless." These are things you get to look forward to. Oh yeah, no, already this morning. Um, John woke her up for school because we have to wake her up because she sleeps like we do, um, which is great. I am not complaining, but this kid loves to sleep, so we have to wake her up for school. And this morning, I guess yeah, she the first time she uh, so she knows we're signal for for more. You know, uh-huh. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, more snack or more food or whatever. And she's uh, like, does this and just rolls over on you? And she, she just like looked at me and goes like, I'm sorry, like, eyes were like angry. Uh, like, oh, where did she gets that from? Oh, I, I don't know. And uh, she just goes. More sleep, sleepy, more sleepy. And just like rolled over, and I was like, uh-uh. no, 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 no. Time for school. You get no time <laughs> to dance, yeah. kid. She's not even two. And we're we're fortunate because she actually goes to daycare across the street. So that that building right there is a daycare. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Which yeah. has been which has been fantastic. Because like honestly, when we to kind of come back to the brewery for a minute, yeah, yeah, please. We were first getting trying to figure out you know our space and where we wanted to be. And we found this building. It was like already 
pretty close. Like the floors, you see the tile floors and the doors and everything. It was already here. All the air conditioning was already here. This is the showroom for the business that used to be here. So we just gutted it, you know, ripped out the ceilings, put in new stuff, put, built the bar. We, we did a lot of work. But fortunately, a lot of stuff had already been here. But we spent, and I lost nights of sleep worried about this daycare across the street because I wasn't sure about the permitting. Because if we were a brew pub, uh, it wouldn't be, we couldn't be across the street from it without a, without a clear, like, zoning variance from the owners of the daycare. Sure. And even opening a brewery up across the street made me nervous. So I was just like, man, cause, you know, is this going to be okay? Like, could this cause problems for us? And now it's like our, our kid goes there. So now we're like on, yeah. on close first name terms with the owners. Now I'm like, I can do whatever we want. The owner's just walking over. He's like, uh, hello. And you're like, yeah. get him there. Yep. I, I once said, I was once like, yeah, man, and anytime you want to do like a, an event, like with parents, <laughs> like we got beer, like we happen. He just kind of looked at me. He's like, oh yeah, no, that's, I appreciate it. I don't no, think we're going to do that. And I, I thought to myself, like, yeah. The little they're teacher gift basket. supportive of us. I yeah. mean, I, you know, they've been here. I mean, we, we do a lot for them as well, but um, we, there's a, there's a very intricate balance of breweries being family friendly, right? So like we yeah. have, I mean, we have a family I and mean, we have a little girl, she's here all the time. Um, so we always tell people, you know, bring your families. We're very family friendly to a point. So like around nine, like when the sun goes down, like shit gets a little weird around here. So like, yeah, no, you know, take your kids home, but they should already be sleeping anyway. Like, come on, let's be real. That's right. Um, seven o'clock's bedtime. So yeah, I'm seven seven thirty. Beat the shit out of Gavin Rosdale right now. I'm looking. Ooh. Gavin Rosdale's not getting pretty. Not like. Kurt Cobain. All right, I do. So I do have a problem with this scene. This is one of the one of the issues I have with the movie. Is that you know he's like, I'm going to read you your rights or, or last rights. I think it's called, mm -hmm. and. Uh, like save your soul and send you to heaven and that's his way of like threatening the demon and the demon in this case doesn't know that like doesn't know how it works like he's like you have to be you have to ask for forgiveness you ask for you can't be sent into space or spent into space, dead, dead <laughs> space and so i feel like he the, the demon would know like that's something he would know if you were half demon you would know how the whole thing works right you would think, right? Um, yeah. I mean, when, when you know, when... Uh, yeah. Oh, no, that's all good. We got people coming into the brewery. It's hey. awesome. Hi, how are you? I'm, I'm John, so let me... I'll step no, back. please. He's going to step around and help someone out. <laughs> Aaron and I are left to our own devices right. now. We're going to have some fun. No, I'm... Um, I, you know, that's a, that's a good point. And uh, it's... It's, um, it's a... Uh, but look, Gavin's not as pretty know. anymore. It's, it's, is it, is that something, though, interesting, though? When pretty people go unpretty, shit, they go unpretty. They I mean, it's... There's drastic. no middle ground. No, 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 no. You, I mean, it's just... <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. That's pretty bad. It is pretty bad. But, you know, at the same time, it's Gavin. He's handsome devil. He's getting, he's getting, he's, he's... Listen, Gavin, you were pretty for long enough, okay? And I'm glad there's a scene <laughs> you, here to show great. that you could be ugly. All right, <laughs> that you got bad teeth on the inside of that. The inside of you is not very pretty and nice. What is, you know, in, in this world, and you're, you know, you talk about all the stresses and everything going on. You've built this amazing brewery with your husband. You've got great beers. You're right across the street with this close proximity to your daughter and, and uh, obviously a good relationship with understanding parents who like beer and, and, and everything else. In a world where people are freaking out and running left and right and not understanding, 
what's the shining moment that you go, hey, but I'm leaving this for my daughter. Like, this is the world we're leaving for her. What do you tell people to, to give them that positive note? I think, you know, one of the reasons why we built this place the way we did is because we wanted it to be, you know, like a, a, a staple in our community. We do a lot of community work, a lot of community outreach. I mean, yes, we make beer, but it's a little bit deeper than that. Not too much. We don't take ourselves too seriously, trust me. But um, I, I think for us, it's just, especially what's going on in the world we just want people to be comfortable here you know we want them to feel safe and have fun and be comfortable and you know everyone is welcome we don't you know have a certain type of guest that comes in like we have young people older people people with kids people without kids sometimes we get reviews because we have too many kids in here but you know we just we, you can't always make everyone happy and I, I think that's a good lesson too, is just you just have to do the best you can to run your business in a, a genuine way. And for us, that's just making sure that everyone feels welcome and everyone feels comfortable. And I think everything going on in the world right now with coronavirus and all that, I mean, we really struggled to figure out how to reopen our business because on one hand, we're business owners, we gotta make money. But is that like the end all be all? Do we wanna just like open up and not think about it and just money, 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 money? No, we still have, you know, this, we have to be good for our community as well. So it, w it was a, a difficult balance, but we've gotten, you know, so many compliments just saying people feel really comfortable coming back and um, the way that we've kind of handled things. So um, yeah, I don't know if I answered your question, but we're just trying to make it a, a comfortable space where people feel welcome. You know, you know, no, it does, and I think it gives good guidance for people. Um, you know, whether they're in a business or uh, whether they are, maybe more importantly, you know, uh, going to different places, mm -hmm. which is finding and supporting those businesses that that, that do support that that <clears throat> aren't left or right or A or B, you know, but instead are come here feel welcome yeah. feel engaged feel loved feel appreciated bring your kids you know you're not ostracized for having kids you're not ostracized for not having kids you know and it's a the, the blueprint that your parents gave you that you know create the foundation of the of you two going this is going to be our foundation this is going to be our love this is what we're based on in saying that and asking that question in the next you know it's a beautiful realization of then what this place is built on and from what this place is built on also then to the good energy it can carry out right of, of hey take that environment and take it into your neighbor and into your community too many people give too much power to whether it's a person that they call the president or a house majority leader or minority leader or whatever hey if you want change start in your neighborhood start with the businesses you support Start with the people that are close to you, that you don't have to agree on everything. In fact, don't agree on everything. If you're agreeing on everything with everybody, you gotta find some new friends. Right. Find some new friends and embrace the idea of, wait, we don't agree on everything, but we have community on the fundamentals that don't go with an R and a D, that don't go with a blue or a red, that don't go with anything other than we're a community that can be diverse and different, come together over a wobbly pop and have a really good time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what, I really think that's what Austin is all about. Not just the beer scene, but it's just how do we bring our community together and um, 
I, I take a lot of pride in this room, especially just because everyone who comes in here, I just want them to feel at home. I want them to feel like they're comfortable, they can be themselves. You know, we have events ranging from comedy shows to punk nights to goth nights to like wrestling events. Uh, classical music, we do a lot of stuff KNFA. Classical music. Um, so every every walk of life, doesn't matter what you believe in, doesn't matter who you are, Like we just want you to feel comfortable and enjoy a beer, hang out with your family or yourself, sit at the bar by yourself and have a beer and also feel comfortable doing that. Sure. Whether you're a woman, a man, cool, like doesn't matter. Um, that's the space that we wanted to build for it's, people. Uh, the simplest way I could put it is like, we're just going to have a part, our own party and yeah. everybody's fine. Yeah. Pretty yeah. <laughs> Everyone just don't be an asshole. Yeah, it's I mean, like the the dads and I sit out, right? And we'll do we'll have some fun. And no one you know, they Trey's got his scotch. Ryan's got his whiskey. Lane's got his three beers he likes. Jay's got Bud Light, guy okay, owns Boulevard, right? Like, yeah. Bubs, got my Bud Light, Bubs. Hey Bubs, uh, Trey, <laughs> Trey. I put a couple of buds in the fridge there for you. There's a kid, gotta keep him cold. He's got one in each back pocket and one in his hand, right? And he's like, walks over and just puts them in. You got me, and they're like, oh, here comes Jason with his beers, his crazy beers. Like, they're the same four or five crazy beers every time. Like, yeah, but, you know, you talk to breweries, and I'm like, fine. So then I bring over beers, and we put them in the fridge. Everyone's got a beer. We're cracking it open, lawn chairs, and we social did. We keep them six feet apart. Yeah. We've got music on, and the dogs are running back and forth, and we're throwing the ball, and the kids are running back and forth, and they're swinging and playing. And there's always a new person in the neighborhood or someone who walks by and, come over, have a beer. Come over and have a beer. There's just fun conversation. We're talking about our kids. We're talking about life. We're talking about X, Y, and Z. And you want to bring something up? It's okay. We can disagree and agree on everything. Jay will not talk about politics to save his life. You can't bring him to say anything. You bring up NASCAR or golf. That dude's like, well, it's tell you what, something about Charlie Hoffman. It's that ball. You, you got screwing all topspin, but I'll tell you, you could have made it. And you're like, who the fuck is Charlie Hoffman? He's like, oh, pops. Let me tell you. You know, he's like, he's he's dialed in, right? But I mean, yeah, he's yeah. he's that guy, and you see those things, and you know, you understand those parts, and you you create that community that just allows for i'm gonna text of like 15 guys and i send a picture of dolly parton and she goes that was the first to burn my bra and it took two fire departments to put it out you know and i send it everyone you know on a day when everyone's talking about the lines for voting mm -hmm. and then i put that in there yeah. and they're like you fucking moron you gotta keep it light gotta keep it light yeah. come on have some fun let's play yeah. you know but it's that's the thing. And so then you bring people over, like you guys have created a space where people get to walk in. We create a space where people can walk over and guys are like, oh, I don't have a beer. Or his wife's like, oh, and I'm like, the fridge is right there. These six guys here have filled Trey's fridge. My beer fridge is still full so that we can have this community. So you'll come by. So you'll have a beer. Otherwise, what's the point? It's all about uh, community building. Yeah. That's, that's a big, it's kind of one of the, the the pillars of our whole mission here. It's just, I mean, it sounds silly, but you know, it's like we're not trying to save the world. We're just we make great beer and want to help build community. We recognize that we but are. But that does save beer. the world because other people replicate it. And if every little community does their part yeah. in community building, does it matter whether you have the most 
presidential person or a wackadoodle or every, anything in between, does it matter? If you have a strong community and you engage and you understand the strengths and the weaknesses of the people around you and you build a safe place where they could come in and have a conversation, embrace one another and it's over a beer or over a soda from the 19th, it's whatever it is, everyone's welcome and they feel encouraged and understand that they can think differently and still be respected, damn it, that's amazing. Right? And then it doesn't matter. Yep. Speaking of beer. Sure. Would you like another? Yeah, I'd love one. I'd I love just, another. I'm a, I'm a, you know, I, I will, uh, so my, my humble brag, as I say to every, every brewer that I'm around, every brewery I'm in, the one thing I've been blessed with, and I'm going to donate my body to science for this. Okay. I've never had a hangover. Wait, what? Ever? Ever. I have a beautiful gut biome, and this gut biome attacks alcohol differently. And it doesn't matter it's tequila, whiskey, um, moonshine, or beer. And it doesn't matter how much either. Well, it like does not matter. Yeah. You're a superhero. Uh, well, let's see if let's see if that is a superpower. I mean, it's it could be a superpower, right? It could be. Like a movie about you. No, I mean that 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 would get canceled real quick. <laughs> Right, they'd be like, uh, I'm sorry, sir, what are you trying to do right now? I'm like, what are you talking about? You're trying to make a movie about how you can drink too much? And I was like, I don't know, maybe. Why? Never had one. So, let's see, oh, there's John Gross right there. John's like, mad about this or just excited like, to meet you? Yeah, I mean, crazy. it's. I'm going to donate my body to science. Let's All see right. if, let's see if Father, so Father John, seven foot tall European basketball player, okay. trained with the Trailblazers. He is in nursing school, so I don't know whether he's going to answer Wait, or not. You call, oh, Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Buddies, like who drink with me? He came down here to party with me, and the next morning he was, he was destroyed. Yeah. I mean, just absolutely crawled under the table at one of the at one of the uh, local eateries and was just curled up, just curled up. Could. He's seven feet tall, so he was at. A, we were on Rainy Street. He was at the chain link fence in one of the places, yeah. leaning over outside of the bar because that's where his waist starts, and throwing up on the other side. Oh, no. I will say this one has really bad. It happens. Yeah, Poor yeah, thing. yeah. Yeah. We just you lace him up. You wake up the next day, and you're good to go. Wow. Dude, no idea how you do it. Five hours. I feel like it's a challenge though. Now, like I'm, I, I, I feel challenged. I don't feel. <laughs> 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 I'm like, Buy another beer, please. Right. Yes. Uh, what can I get you? Uh, uh, Kung Fu again, please. This is so good. I love your IPAs. I really do. Also, have you seen? I just finished this glass off. Have you seen our, uh, new, our no 2020 souvenir glass? 2020 sucks. Have a beer. I love it. Here's the one thing. I there's the one thing I, and I don't know how the brewing community works here. And 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 Aaron, please enlighten me. But uh, I wanna my once again crazy Jason brain is everyone packages their favorite new beer in a Save Austin beer, the same label, everyone, H-E-B for sure get involved in this, and then you just don't know what you're getting until you look at the bottom and it has <laughs> your little label on it, but the money goes to, you know, yeah. whatever it can go to. It's like, hey, you gotta, you know, you come, we used to do a thing with bottle taps, because Blackstar made um, bottles. So I tell you a little bottle taps. So you bring me a bottle tap, you know, and I'll hook you up with X, Y, and Z. So it'd be like, oh, well, I, I don't know if you'd bring a can of, you know, like uh, or Kung Fu Robot or whatever you would bring, right? And it's like, oh, now you get to try the 
Save Austin beer. Or if it would be HEB and there's just a wall that says Save Austin, you don't know if you're yeah. getting Independence Beer Works, Fourth Tap, um, 12 Fox. You don't know who. For sure. But also, I don't know legally. Yeah, I, I think legally. The, label, the labeling thing, the, labeling. the TABC yeah. is just so strict on it. It has to be there. But, you know, there was um, a kind of collaboration, a worldwide collaboration that just happened uh, with Black is Beautiful, which started yes. at Weather and Souls. Yeah. Uh, yep. Marcus at Weather and Souls. And, and uh, we, have, we all had the same uh, label. We just put our different logos on it. Um, okay. Most of us didn't distribute that beer just because... Um, it had the same label, so it's just difficult to kind of get shelf space. Uh, John knows more about the legality of all that. So I'm so oh. No, this, this is this is this Where's almost that? the end dance, right? No. Shy, um, the end dance, the rain. Of course, he he has a rough time in this. The cleansing, if you will, the explosion and the cleansing. It's. I mean, it's. It just blows my mind because I. This is the one where fantasy Jason and the fun of life and of beer and what makes beer fun. Yeah. And then the fucking legalese of the world just they're like, hold on. Hey guys. It's it's like constantly a lawyer over your shoulder. Like if there was a lawyer over my shoulder on this, they'd be like, Jason, Jason, um, you know, yeah. that sponsor called again. I'd be like, I, I and I my wife gets so mad because I refuse to take any sponsors mm -hmm. or any sponsorship money because I want to do free things right. yeah. for small businesses as much as I can. Which reminds me, we usually do this at the beginning, let's do it now before we get into the big fight. Okay. You, you talked about the daycare a little bit, we talked about fourth that, but is there a favorite restaurant or is there a favorite coffee shop or someplace you guys like to go where, um, I mean, to give them a shout out, give them some love uh, in case someone's flying in from Russia and they want a good place to eat or oh, grab yep. a cup of coffee. Uh, I mean, I would say for like one of my favorite restaurants, and I I only discovered this a few years ago. One of our sure. regulars turned us on to it. Uh, El Dorado. Oh, oh dude, El Dorado. Yes, <laughs> that place is. And I, as a as someone this may not go well with some of the Austin listeners, but as somebody from Houston, I up until I found El Dorado was Careful. firmly believed that there was no good Tex-Mex in the city of Austin. I'm the Someone at Torchy's just got an itchy back yeah. of the head. <laughs> hey, guess what? Torchy's, no offense, you're fast food. They, and that's okay. And they, you're great fast food. They do their own th they do like their own thing at top. It's great. Yeah. But like there's no there's just like no really anyways. El Matt's El Rancho is, and El Dorado are my two dances. Yeah. And Matt's is no offense to Matt's El Rancho. It's a step down in just the fact that it's not family style, but it's just kind of El Dorado's got a elevated yeah. palate thing, if that makes sense. And I don't want to sound snotty because let me tell you something right now. Folks, my wife is hungover on a Sunday morning and there's only one place we're going. And that's Matt's El Rancho. Yeah, I, do, I just like hanging out at Matt's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, right? used to live right by there. Yeah, we used to like walking from Matt's. And it was just yeah. it was great. It's, just, it's a great little spot. Oh, yeah. What else you got what, now that he stole oh, yours? All right, well, you're thinking I'll, I'll throw out mine because I had this problem in Austin. When I moved here from, oddly enough, Newport Beach, even though I'm from Montana, and this circuitous West Coast life, but came here, and the first really good, like, we're dedicated to it. The first, there are two that were dedicated to it. My first was Home Slice. So I like, oh, good pizza. Oh, yeah. good I like pizza. Home Slice. But, you know, if you want to walk in and get a pizza, it's a fucking pain in the ass on a Friday night. And, that's, and that shows how good you are. And the second... And it creates really good balance because they're different styles. Was Pine House Pizza? Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, they didn't have. They were like, we have pizza. 
no, no. So we have pizza? Mm-hmm. I'm like, y'all know sort of burgers and chicken and chicken tenders. Yeah. And like, no, bitch, we've got pizza. We also have beer over here. We've got pizza. <laughs> and then the third one on the pizza chain, they will bring them up, show them some love. Draft House. Yeah. You're little. Oh, yeah. You're little. 10-inch pepperoni pizza, well done, with the, the chili flakes on top. The Godfather. Oh, the Godfather. The Brussels sprout bacon. Oh, that's the one my wife gets. She swears yeah, by it. It's so it's good. good. She's, so she's like, have a bite. I'm like, you smell like a fart. I'm like, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I do miss it. I miss those pizzas. Also, uh, I got a shout out to Eastside Pies. Eastside Pies is good, too. That was the first pizza uh, my wife and I had together. It was oh, Eastside Pies. That's yeah, great. It's just... Location. I'm down in Circle C. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah. so hard to hard hard to get to. We have one down the street. So you got one right down the street. You're you're yeah. good. All right, now you're on the spot, Aaron. Right. I mean, you know, no gonna, offense, but we've no, named some okay. baller places. <laughs> I'm actually going to shout out a couple of my like favorite breweries and brew pubs. Just oh, there you because go. I think it's important, and we hang out there a lot. Um, definitely, Austin Beer Works. We love they do a good job. There. Not that they, not that they need our, yeah, our shout no, out. Whatever. But we love people, beer. We got a lot of friends with both of them. Hell yeah. Cool shit. And then uh, the Brutorium. It's a yeah. Up. Uh, Chris and Whitney over there. Are yeah. The nicest people. Delicious food. Amazing people. Great beer. Um, yeah, probably those two. I think definitely uh, worth a visit. Yeah, there's you know you know who else is getting big in the brew pub scene is Dripping Springs. Yeah, those oh, kids down there are—they're yeah. lighting that. They're lighting that uh, place on fire. Fox sticker. Oh yeah, yeah, Twelve Fox gives me beer every once in a while. They're like, "Come by the brewery," and I was like, oh, "Okay, well, you know." They're like, "Here's a shirt. Here's some beer." I'm like, "Thanks, guys." They're like, "Well, thanks for the mentions." You know, I'm like, "Well, yeah. dude, you guys—you yeah. literally opened up in a pandemic hit. I mean, yeah. I'm—and you're—it's supporting veterans, and I have this guy who makes so he does this um, tactical six-pack carrier, sticks an ammo can. Drill some holes in top. Mm-hmm. Has a insulated liner, magnetic paint. So you pop the bottle off, and the you know little top sticks to the side. And then he just put the the podcast logo on the side. Yeah. And uh, you know, so he's supporting. He needs sports veterans and does this other thing. And nice. you know, they got a warm spot in my heart. And uh, they're like, oh, well, we do cans. I'm like, oh well, you can make it so that it doesn't have the holes in the top. You can just open it up and just ice in, a, in six cans. And there's like, whoa, well, that might be interesting. I'm like, I'll have him make you guys one and yeah. <laughs> ship it out to you. But it's just, it's, I mean, it's it's still far for me. Like, it's, it's damn near closer for me to drive up here than it is out there yeah. at Circle yeah. C, just because they're so far down the road. Oh, yeah. But I love the diversity. You know, well, I love. You find yourself out in Dripping Springs. Well, I guess the Dripping Springs area. Mm-hmm. Uh, Revolution Spirits. Is, uh, I know those guys well. They did uh, yeah. did an event with them at South by. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they came uh, in and they're like, "Hey, we uh we kind of missed the boat. Can we bring our booze by here?" And so, all yes. we had was the front force or Brian, which one was the best? Brian. That's Brian. <laughs> and so he came up somehow. He got into our. I was doing a thing. Live Nation had a had a parking lot, and I rented the place above the parking lot. Oh. And we said bands can come in for free and hang out. Just come in and hang out. I don't care. Anywhere, because South by is, you know, when it was live, it was it was brutal on bands. Like, oh, your gig's done, move, get out. It's it's ninety. Well, pack your shit and go. I did. Uh, I was in a band once, and I did play South by once, and it was a 
pain in the ass. And there's no parking for you. No. no. You're hauling shit around. What, what instrument were you playing? I was playing guitar at the time. Yeah. Not as terrible as drums, nope. but still. <laughs> I was helping the drummer, though. You're helping the drummer, right? Because yeah. you're just, you've got that light ass guitar just. We, which is not My light. Amp was kind of heavy. Yeah, no, it's that. Then you got the amp and everything, the cores, and everything else. And so we had this place: air conditioning, free booze, free coffee, and free oh, yeah. snacks. And so all the Live Nation people came up. Everyone else came up, and he cruised up. And I had a deal with some distributor, and he was bringing in all of his booze and all of his beers. So that's cool. And he's like, Jay, Jay, this is come on, man. I was like, Hey, if you have a problem with supporting this, we've got a bigger fucking problem. Yeah. And he's not taking your shelf space. He's off to the side. I gave him a little corner. You know, we're full. He's like, okay. You know, at the end, the guy came back to me and goes, I'm not doing anything with you next year. I'm like, that's fine. I don't care. Uh, we supported a veteran and we supported what they were doing. And you didn't have a good vodka. You brought in some hemp vodka and it tasted like shit. And he had a good vodka. And if you're mad, you're the distributor. You could have switched it out for something else. Yeah. Y'all made a choice. And then I run the event. Money out of sponsors' pockets that trusted me to do something right. So now that we had, I mean, do we have cool shit? Wagaki, biggest band in Japan, which is a weird thing to say. It should be, it's a t shirt, like I'm big in Japan. (laughs) They were going to go on to close out Friday night or Saturday night of Live Nation. And I have 10 or 12 different bands. And Wagaki's warming up in these little soundproof rooms. And they've got like the big pan flu. They've got everything going on. And Great Caesar comes in and Nikki starts humming a song. I've got a microphone set up and just an amp. And then one of the drummers comes from this punk band and goes, hey, do you know this song? And he starts tapping on the wall. And he goes, hold on, let me get my drum kit over here. Scarecrow, this French hip hop band out of France comes in. And they start playing steel guitar, and then the guy starts beatboxing. So Nikki's still singing. We got, we know, we got five different people who have never met playing music together. This other guy comes in with his guitar, and you see all of a sudden Wagaki. They've slid the door open a little bit, and they're kind of bopping their heads. <laughs> and this guy, the guy with this big, huge, like flute thing, comes out, and he goes, "Can't." And I'm like, "Dude, get out of here." So now I got Wagaki. I've got I've got six different countries. I have seven different languages going at it, playing together. I'm at goosebumps. Music just jamming out. Yeah. In front of fifty people. There's a thousand people down in the parking lot waiting for Wagaki. Their manager's like, hey, hey, hey guys, hey, well, well, time out. They gotta they gotta go perform. And Wagaki's like, no. This this is this is this is me. This is what we do. Stops, they go down, they come back up. I've ordered pizzas for all the for everybody. We've got, you know, 50, 60 pizzas up there, everyone's eating. They're like, oh, dairy, Japanese, does not work together. You're gonna make us sick, but we'll do some shots of whiskey. I mean, I've got some I've got some we're doing shots of whiskey together, we're having fun, all of these things. And it was this magical moment of music and South by in this safe, safe place where they could just come up. Nothing was expected, but everything was prepared. Yeah. You know, as, as my buddy John Lynch says, unexpected is expected. I demand that. Unexpected is expected. And doing that was part of it. It was unexpected, but it was, in my mind, it was expected. Yeah. So everything's set up for you to do it, right? And I'll bring it back to you guys. 
unexpected is expected, right? You're in an unexpected place. You, uh, you're unexpected in the fact that you're a couple working together, you're married, you've got a kid, you're, you're not only dancing the marriage, yeah. right? You're dancing kid and marriage, work, kid, marriage, work, kid, marriage, pandemic. Oh, <laughs> and the office, the home, and life aren't in separate circles where, you know, she's not walking to her office, you're not walking to your office, and you're like, oh, I had a couple too many pops last night, the wife yelled at me, or you're like, hey, you know, I had a couple too many pops last night, my husband got to get it. you guys are together, and you're beating the odds across the board, and then, on top of all that, you're making great fucking beer. Unexpected expected. Yeah. It's, so one thing we've always prided ourselves on a little bit here is um, with our, with the event program we have in the tap room is, you know, be unexpected. We've had, it, with a lot of the different groups we host, um, one of my favorites is we do we do some work with the Lola local opera, local artists, and they'll, people will walk into a tap room and there's like a professional opera singer just in plain clothes standing on the stage going full on. Drinking a beer. Yeah, drinking a beer. Like we've had, we've had incredible. It's like a boss. We've had incredible musicians, <laughs> like professional who would normally, normally be all formalized, formal dressed up to the tee, in a very quiet setting, but, you know, you pay your money to get in. Everybody, nobody says a word. Everyone's dressed up, and and now they're here jamming out with their friends, you know. And everybody's just drinking beer, having out, hanging out. People walk in like, I love the fact that I can walk in here and just be surprised by. Well, it's you know giving what? people more accessible ways to enjoy different music and events uh, in a more comfortable, like I said, welcoming, yeah. relaxed. And then on the other side of the spectrum, party will wrestling, which yeah. is the massive uh, underground wrestling show we throw once a quarter and nice. it's a it's, a, uh, it's like a more of like a performance art art installation like terminator meets the goonies meets jurassic park wow. meets like like uh <laughs> running man no, meets a uh, no, demolition man meets a uh, it wrestling meets show. old school Dude, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. weird yeah um, and I want to talk about this but I really want to talk about this no please listen right now. there is not oh my gosh I mean, Yes, the best get after thing. it. I mean, Dude. this is, but this is the devil. Here, here it is. Here it is. Right. The only time he shows fear in the movie yeah. is about to happen. The 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 confidence and respect and understanding of where you're at, yeah. and the look. He is a great bad guy. I mean, one of the best devils I've seen. Just in the face. I mean, the the nose pointing down a little bit. I mean, there's just there's there so much. There it is. That's it's the, just. The one moment of the fear. The only the time movie. in the entire movie where he looks terrified, yeah. which he should be. I mean, which yeah, I mean, it's the devil. You know, you ask Marilyn; she's had lunch with this guy. I guess I, when <laughs> I get Marilyn on the podcast, I should be like, "Hey, so have you seen Constantine? How much does the devil look like this?" I just love how like they set the stage. Like, yeah, it's really just all a bet between God and Satan, and then like you see everybody's trying to go through all like spending all this energy and effort to do these things, and then like the real power shows up. Also, from someone yeah. who has had a a child that is terrifying to me. Like something bursting out of your stomach. Just, and isn't yeah. it also, I mean, in, in all of this, at the end of the day, in the reality, God and the devil having a bet. I mean, is not then every movie like this, horror or not horror, just a ripoff of the Eddie Murphy Dan Aykroyd classic. <laughs> Let's be 
real. Because is that not just the bet of the two richest guys in the area saying, hey, mm -hmm. I'll bet you a dollar <laughs> if we switch them places that this will happen. Yeah. <laughs> Who's going to bet a dollar? And it makes you wonder, and once again, but I think it brings us back to what you guys have stated so well and, and addressed so well, which is that bet doesn't matter. This bet doesn't matter if you've got community. Yeah. If you've got the people around you to where, oh, but this force said, it's like, no, I don't care. I mean, when Corona first came out, we were all cautious. My wife works in the medical field. She's getting tested every week. You know, we've got to get tested. There's all this stuff we've got to do for her. But also, we were safe, but as a community, in our neighborhood, we made a point. We're not losing our community. We're not. I'm not waving at you through playing glass. I'm just not going to do it. If you choose that, that's fine. But my house is open to your kids if you're stressed out. My pool's open to your kids if you just need to get them out of the house. Life's open. It is. It doesn't mean it's open to where you're going and you know laying down on the floor in the fucking supermarket. But life's open here. It's a clean house. We're tested. We're ready. Here you go. Come over. We're gonna do tomorrow night. My buddy, chef, uh, my, my chef buddy, Joe Gatto. He's doing a cooking class for kids, making noodles. Oh, cool. Right. So it's like, oh well. All right, chef. I'm in. Yeah. Let's do the Zoom. Like, let's have some fun and bring the neighborhood kids over. I don't mind paying for the neighborhood kids to watch a celebrity chef teach them how to make fucking noodles. And what? I gotta sweep up some flour. I got a kitchen island. That's yeah. what it's there for. That's great. But that's community, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. that's the thing. And it's it's contagious and it's real and it's honest and it has more roots and more faith and more into it than anything else. You know, and I will be as brave as to say you can taste it in your beer. You can because you do. You know, it's your DNA and your attitude goes far past your thing, right? Well, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go a little ultra spiritual with Erin here. I'll jump on her <laughs> yeah, side yeah, of the yeah, fence, yeah, right? And be like, hey, that part, that idea, that understanding, when it's in you, it's in the shit you do. It's in everything you do. It's in your kid. It's in how your kid reacts to other people. It's in your energy at home. It's in your energy here. I mean, I walked in and I instantly felt at home. I was like, oh, that was great. I mean, that's, that's what we try. You know, we always, it's, it's always hard to put that in words. You know, right when we first opened, we always just wanted it to feel like, we were, it's, it's a weird line I'm trying to dance. We don't want it to necessarily feel like you're just going to your buddy's living room, but like, we kind of wanted to, we, did, we didn't want to lose that feeling. Like we still wanted it to feel like a, a professional place. Like this is a this is a business, a brewery, a tap room. You know, we, we have guests and we call people come in guests. We don't sure. really like to call them customers because that's how we feel about it. Uh, but also we still we didn't want to lose that sense of like just like just going to your buddy's house because they made a beer and they're like, hey, come over and drink this beer with us and let's yeah. have a good time. You know? Well, and we also started this business with our friends. And so, you know, a lot of people say don't go into business with your friends, but, you know, <laughs> we did and it worked out for us and we wanted to build a place that we wanted to hang out at. We knew we were going to be here all the time, right? All <laughs> so, so the time. So pretty important. <laughs> yeah. So we wanted to be able to kind of hang out, have beers, chill, be comfortable, 
Um, and hopefully people would kind of latch onto that and latch onto that feeling. We just wanted to be genuine about it. Um, yeah. I mean, that was the point of this podcast. I mean, it's, it's weird how harmonious this is because the point of this podcast was I remember my favorite thing is Thanksgiving. And I love to cook at Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And my wife's like, I mean, three days I'm already prepping prior to Thanksgiving. Same with Christmas. Like Chinese food, yeah. Christmas Eve, that's my, my neighbors. I invite all the neighbors over. I'm like, oh, you know, just everyone come over. And once again, three days prepping. Like I'm prepping, I'm cutting up chilies, I'm doing the sauces, I'm getting everything ready, right? That you can. Everything you can get ready, you get ready. But on Thanksgiving, it's, it's just a, you have to. If you don't have it on, it's, it's a travesty, right? But listen, you have to. You have to bring in John Candy into your home. Right, you have to, you have to, you have to have planes, trains, and automobiles. You just, you have to, and it's on at least once, probably twice that day. And while yeah. I'm cooking, it's on, it's on in the background. But there are moments where I'm like, shut up. To your point, right? This, I got to talk about this part. Yeah, Hold yeah, on, you guys. Yeah, yeah. I love where this is going. Hold on. And sometimes it's on mute, and '80s rock is playing, and I'm like, Alexa, pause. Boom, volume up. Here we go. This is my and every year, I don't know how many times I've watched Planes, Trains, Automobiles. When John Candy walks back into that house, I'm gonna get mo- I'm gonna tear up. When he walks back into that house yeah. and he sees Steve Martin and his family, and he sees what he used to have, and he feels that warmth. I'm like, this is why I'm cooking. I'm cooking because of this because I want someone to walk in here and feel this, yeah. right? And Christmas. I'm a savage. It's Die Hard, right? It's like I watched Die Hard a couple of times. It is a Christmas. Movie. It happens on Christmas. Think of first. There's a tree and there's yeah, cocaine. I can't All three of those harder. things are part of Christmas. Okay. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Listen, do you think anyone's? You think anyone's building a seven-tier swing set in the backyard without a little booger sugar? Okay. <laughs> At midnight with a drill? Come on. Didn't, didn't like the didn't Bruce Willis or the director like come out and say no it's a Christmas movie like they, the director did, did yeah yeah did. well anything just to keep it playing yeah, right <laughs> but but whatever it is it's right but those moments yeah where you're caught up but you're not caught up it's those familiarities like that's why it's what's your top ten because it's the familiarity it's it's the it's the love it's the dance of everything that happens we uh we watched the um the uh, last weekend had all the guys over my back patio yeah watched the the most recent rambo <laughs> just a ridiculous <laughs> blood fest of bullshit oh, yeah. but trey loves it he's like it's the best rambo i'm like well i mean easy throwing out the best you know once <laughs> won some awards one hasn't but they're all bullshit but they're also all fun. Yeah, that's, so that's you, you have six movies. guys who are drinking moonshine and beer, and they're like, Jay, uh, you better go grab a bottle of wine. Only your wife's trulies are left, and I'm not fucking touching those. And I'm like, no shit, no one. If anyone drinks these trulies, I'm dead. So just stop. Okay? Stop right now. And we get done, and we do our thing, you know, we're drinking till God knows when. Mm-hmm. And there are moments where Jay's like, hold on, hold on. This is the part. Where he has his face cut, you know, and there's four guys there who haven't seen the movie. They're like, why do I want to see a guy? Trust me, it's part of the movie. And they're like, we haven't watched one fucking part of this movie, Trey. He's like, no, no, it's really good. And it is a fun guy movie just because it's random violence and bro shit. But I was like, I kept in the back of my head. I'm thinking, we're all sitting around. There's the movie on. There's no mics. But this this is the thing. And it's almost like here, like... 
this is the thing. You come in, there's crazy, there's there's different music, different movies, there's different this, there's different that. But the constant is community, couple of pops, having a good time, yeah. having a conversation, and not just finding an understanding, but finding a respect and the common marketplace of idea at the end of the day, if we're not a community, that's when we're fucked. Yeah. It, I mean, it's, I spoke way too long. I'm gonna set the mic down. Oh, no, you're good, man. It's, it's, sometimes it's just, uh, you, you know, I, I like to say it's like it's just it's just beer. You know, we really we try to take care of our team. We try to take care of our community. And at the end of the day, we, we kind of recognize, it. like, yeah, we try to make the best beer we can, but it is just beer. Like the key is really the that's why the the share portion of what we do, the community that's happening, why it's so important because it's. The liquid is it's just beer. We want this to be as good as possible. We don't we don't want to fuck with this. This needs to be delicious. Yeah, it starts with that. But. Starts it starts here. But if we fig- we figured if we can make if we can make good beer and give people a cool place to hang out and just like to feel safe, have a good time, the rest will kind of take care of itself. Still trying to work that out, but you know it's going no. Fine. You guys are doing great. One last question for you guys. Erin, sure. uh, let me start with you ladies first. Yeah. Uh, outside of Texas, on all your adventures, favorite brewery? Oh, wow. Outside of Texas. Outside of outside Texas. Outside of Texas. Some place you visited where you're like, this is the shit. Um, I, or even a I state that there's... You say Anheuser Busch. We're oh, deleting all of this. <laughs> I know it's a little odd, but um, when I was <laughs> honestly uh, a few years ago, uh, my brother lives in the Bay Area, and we went out. Uh, John and I took a trip up to um, Santa Rosa, and we went to Russian River. And um, it was Pliny Elder there. Yeah, we had some Pliny, Pliny the Younger, Pliny the Elder. It wasn't just because it was. Yeah, it wasn't necessarily about the beer which is funny i mean it's a great beer don't get me wrong but i think Pliny has a little uh, it's great it's a wonderful beer yeah um but we just had so much fun the weather was perfect um, oh we got to the line we, there was the line like was around the building line. and they're just like we have the bars first come first serve and we're like all right so we yeah, walk down okay. the bar mm-hmm. see this couple that's like about to stand up yeah, we're like hey so are y'all about to leave us yeah so, you know should we have your seats <laughs> yeah so we i'm six one, can I just pick up your five. tab we're like behind them like hovering <laughs> yeah. over them like so we, giants they're five two five four they're like <laughs> no we're leaving it helped yeah. that we didn't spend two hours in line we got to sit yeah, down. but then so, we spent the rest of the time we were there with this guy uh, who was I guess townie? was a townie yeah. who's never really left the area in his entire life yeah. spending the entire time talking shit about Texas yeah and it <laughs> nice. was so but great I, but I, we loved it it was yeah. so much fun and it was, just, it was the experience of being yeah. there of being in the space seeing you know the, the hubbub about Russian River and uh, it being true and not just because of the beer but because of everything that was going on and this townie that we were hanging out with and community the community yeah, was a huge part um, so yeah I, I would say Russian River Nice. John, what you got? Uh, Can't use Russian River, sorry. She she stole it. (laughs) Outside of Texas. um, I have to, so I have to go back to like experience again. Sure. It wasn't necessarily the best brewery, but I was vacationing in St. Petersburg with like a family reunion. It's like my grandma's like millionth birthday. We all, she's grand, grand, grand. She's going to be around forever. It's awesome. And so she, we were all out there in St. Petersburg together, a big family reunion, and my dad and I went out solo, like, we'll just each other to, to tour some breweries in the area. We went to a bunch, we went to one called uh, Green Bench Brewing, 
which they are kind of like a Jester King-ish style brewery. They do a lot of wild stuff in the, like in the city. And while we were there, they actually had a Jester King uh, collab on tap, which is kind of neat. And so um, I liked it just because it was like, it was like my dad and I were out together checking out breweries. We showed up, I brought in like a case of beer, and I was like, hey, Fourth tap in Austin. We brought beer with us. We did the, sure. we did the handshake. You know, it's like yeah. Uh, and the secret Brewers Guild handshake. Yeah, we're like, hey, we're brewery. Here's beer. Wink, wink, nod, nod. But so we got a good. Oh, actually, wait. I've got one other. Bring it up. Bring it up. Well, right, I got one. Anyways, no, my dad. So my dad, it was just great because my dad and I were out there doing it together, and like we had we had this connection back to Austin with the Jester King thing, but. Um, can I, do I have time for one Yeah, more? of course. You have to listen. We have time. <laughs> okay, okay. So I, I was, uh, the whole, so here's the whole story. Anchor Brewing. Everybody's familiar with Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Again, this is more experience, less than, less than like the best brewery I've been to. So we, the brewer uh, was hanging out here a few years ago with another guy here in town. They were, they were buddies, another guy in the brewer scene. And uh, he was at the bar. We're talking. He introduced us. We're talking. His name's, the brewer's name is Ramon. I said, hey, man, like, you know, we, we were out in San Francisco. We were visiting our family. I called to get see if we could come and get a tour, and they said, "Oh, we're booked out three months," which to me is crazy for a brewery to be booked out three months. But apparently, they were for tours. And he's like, "Oh no, 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 no! Here's my car. Like next to your town, <laughs> just call." Me. And I was like, "All right, cool." It took a year. It was about a year from that day we finally got in, and so we get back to visit her brother. It's Christmas Eve, right? Was it Christmas Eve? Yeah. Yeah. So my brother, her brother, and I are in San Francisco, just like tearing the town apart. And we go there, and this is still kind of early on in our relationship, so I was still trying to score points with my brother-in-law. And so, you know, he's, he's like 10 years older than we are. So we, we get to we get there, it's totally closed. Six years old, totally closed. Uh, we're knocking the door. He's like, are you sure, man, are you sure? I'm like, no, it's cool, check this out. So it's nice again. The guy opens the door, he's like, hey, you John? It's like, yeah. It's like, all right, you're good, come in. So he starts leading us up the stairs, and my brother-in-law's looking at me like, Awesome. There's a mystery. We get up there, we get to the tap room, uh, totally empty, and uh, except for three people, there's two brewers, and then their CFO is hanging out. Nice. And he's just like, my brother-in-law just starts, like they just go behind the bar, so the old excited. taps, and just starts slamming beers. And I go out to the <laughs> brew floor, and like Ramon and the other guy are just like, yeah, man, you want to help us brew? And I was like, of course I do. <laughs> so I immediately start like, now I'm like thrown in the brew, and like they're, They've got this bizarre, like, steampunk-driven, like, old-school brewery. At one point, they're like, hey, you want to jump in the mash tun and help us, like, muck out? It's like, no, no, I'm not no. going to do that. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to my help. Yeah, I'm I just want to just, well, whatever he's drinking in there, I just want to yeah. make sure that I replenish it. <laughs> like, I'm on vacation, man. <laughs> I'm not doing that part. Right, but it's just, it was, uh, it was such an amazing, but, you know, again, going back to, like, community and atmosphere, just being there on, like, Christmas Eve, and they did nothing crew and they'd still like let these people in who they didn't really know and just let us like join the party and just hang like we felt so welcome they're just like yeah come on in let's drink beer and hang out and have a great time and i think my brother-in-law still friends with the cfo but just from that day Dude. Yeah. and that's it's that's like for me like it, the beer the beer is great don't get me wrong but it all came down to the uh welcoming atmosphere experience the people but doesn't that also on cement what you guys do it's, I mean, at the end of the day, right? It's like, yeah. to your point, this is here. Water, hops, barley. It's here. Yep. It's always going to be here. We're going to do a great job doing this. Yep. But if we can't create that, what's the point of this? What's the point? Yeah, that's, that's what's what the do. point. Like if we can't, if you, in your neighborhood, to your brewery, 
to your city, to your county, to your state. If you can't, no matter what your liquid is, whether it's some weird place in Texas that only drinks Dr. Pepper and there's that documentary on it, and good for you guys, and Wilford Brimley's got diabetes because of it, that's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I joke, kids. But seriously, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Like, those parts don't matter as much as the accoutrements of parts, the parts to it, the really solidifying parts around it. I mean, the fragility of beer is the fragility of beer. Light, temperature, you know, though, you know, uh, environment outside and how it impacts hops and yeah. barley. Like all the, that's the fragility of beer. But isn't it amazing that one of the most fragile things that we can create that lasts maybe 30 days, that can take 14 to 30 days to, or 21 days to brew, whatever it may be, yeah. the fragility of that, that very fragile, soft thing, can be the cement of a community. Yeah. It's the crazy thing about us as people. It's the crazy, crazy thing. And I mean, I'm sure you guys see that with your parents and relationships having a kid, right? The softest, most fragile, delicate thing, the thing that will shit on you at a moment's notice and not care <laughs> is also the glue. Yeah. You know, let a dog be a dog, let a kid be a kid, let a beer be a beer, but surround it with community and the community's one. Yeah. Obviously the beer wins, obviously the dog wins, obviously the child wins. But if we put those as our tent poles, right, in life, I think we I think we win. Yeah, can't, can't really go wrong. I mean, I don't think we can. I don't know. There's there's philosophers and there's people that probably not philosophers. Why am I, why am I shooting the gun on this? Philosophers <laughs> listening to this bullshit. They're like, what the fuck? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna text it to a philosopher. He's not gonna get past five minutes. <laughs> There are people listening probably calling bullshit, but you know what? Um, do better in your community then. I mean, that's all I have to say. Just do better in your community and and, lo and love people because of it. Uh, with that said, folks, here's your favorite part at the end of the podcast where my daughter sings about the first time she took a shit by herself. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron, John, thank you so thank much, you. man. This was so much fun. Uh, I really did enjoy this. I, I, as I said, you know, emails and everything else and the time it took to get this to, to happen because of everything. I greatly appreciate it. Um, I, I do the people email like, do double close. I do, I have a hard time saying goodbye. But <laughs> bananas are gonna go bad, you go buy new ones. Avocados are gonna go bad, pretentious little fucks. You're gonna go buy a new one. Time's the one thing we don't get back. So the fact that you guys spent, you know, two hours with me talking and, yeah. and sharing and listening to my bantering and everything else, it's 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 not lost on me, and I really I really do appreciate it. Also, uh, you know, I'd love to have you guys on again just because this is fun talking. Oh, yeah, I mean, dude, this is our pleasure. Uh, this yeah. is great. Thank you so much. It's super fun. Thank you very much. This, yeah, this is great. All right, now my kid sings about shit. Have a good one, people. <laughs> Bye.